Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show, now available in our new Fuck You size. Coming up on the next Ron and Fez Show, it's double nipple piercing with double Oscar winner Sally Field. Then we collect uncomfortable shoes for Haiti. Won't you please give? The Ron and Fez Show, we approve this message. Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. What do you mean by right now? Don't we do like a, uh, a movie opening going into a song? Going into North American Scum? Kind of gets us all pumped up and ready to rock. I thought it was a good idea. Hey, it's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Fez and I are both healthy today. I'm glad to do the show. Fez Watley, you going to make it two in a row? I have every intention of making it two in a row. Set a whole new record here for 2010. Fez Watley going for a record today. Uh, so we'll be looking for your... Ichibans. Ichibans is an Asian word that means... Well, I guess you'll have to listen Saturday night to hear the other part of that. But it does have a meaning, that word. Uh, also, Chris Tanley uh, here today. As he told me he's in the hizzle. What do you mean by hizzle? Like I'm here in the house, but, oh. you know, in a slang type way, hizzle. But why would it be hizzle? Does it doesn't rhyme with anything. Snoop Dogg. I see. And this isn't your house, it's your work. I'd stay the, here some nights. Maybe he's hearing the whistle. What's the whistle? Work. Oh. Like Hizzle's house. All right, Ron and Fez. Uh, it is a big Monday. The dog days of uh, August could not be any finer. Just beautiful weather. After having the last month was the hottest month in the history of the planet Earth. Uh, August is just open. Nice. It's, uh, it's cool out there. And there may even uh, be a hint of autumn. I know I don't want to push it too soon. I don't like to stay on top of pushing all the seasons. But it's absolutely gorgeous outside today. Uh, let's uh, get started. On the Ichibans, here is uh, Highway. Highway, you're on the run of show. How are you? Good, guys. Morning. Um, yeah, 1,000... Pakistanis have died in flooding. Flooding. Woohoo! Now, uh, the the floods over there are just. I guess the entire uh, the entire country must be one mountain because everything seems to roll downhill. And uh, Springsteen is already willing to do uh, "Lost in the Flood" as a benefit song for him, and everyone's going. What do you mean, Lost in the Flood? When was this? And he goes, it was the early days. It was the 70s. And then they said, well, we like your 80s poppy synthesizer sound. And he goes like this. Look, I don't have anything in the 80s for you. That's when I started dancing in the dark. Listen to this song. What happened to you, Bruce? He walks through town all alone. He must be from the fort. He hears high school girls say... This countryside's burning with wolfmen fairies Dressed in drag for homicide They hit and run 
complete sanctuary He's the holy stone they hide They're breaking beams and crosses With a spastic's real imperfection Nuns run ball through Vatican halls Pregnant, pleading immaculate conception Hello Pakistan! This sounds like E Street Radio. Holy blood. Sticker smile sweet as gunner braised deep. His ankles caked in mud. And I said, hey, gunner man, that's quicksand. That's quicksand. That ain't mud. Have you thrown your senses to the war? Did you lose them in the flood? That's for Pakistan this morning. See if it helps them out at all. Uh, G-Tron, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. New uh, five-minute video on Funny or Die featuring Big Steve Janowski and the man, the myth, the miracle, Kenny Powers in the K-Swiss boardroom. Uh, you had 600 of these emails uh, sent to me <laughs> when I woke up this morning. Did you look at it yet, Hicks? Oh, I have not seen it yet, no. I didn't LOL, as your uh, generation says. Well, that was LOLs, LOLZ. Oh, okay. And what's the Z stand for? Just, I guess, for multiple LOLs. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Hizzle? Yeah. Like Lowell's in the Hizzle? Um, no, I didn't pull it up big. Maybe because he was on top in this, you know? Maybe because he was king of the world. Uh, did you laugh, uh, G-Tron? I laughed my balls off, Ronnie. Right, maybe it was me. You know, I got up. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, I'm almost like got one of those uh, Mexican siesta things going today. I need a big sombrero. And to uh, just lean over and uh, take a nap on my own kneecaps. Uh, Johnny, Johnny and PA, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, you know, not only, this is Ichiban. Sorry about that, my Ichiban. Not only is Sprint taking all my money with my phone, now they want to charge me for my carry-on bag when I get on their plane. I don't understand uh, the carry-on bag charge. Do they honestly think people are going to travel without a bag? I don't know. They're crazy. They're money, money, money. I don't I know, know what it takes for homeless people to uh, push a cart on one of those deals. It's got to be expensive for a homeless person uh, to travel on some of the boutique airlines. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, we are on a Monday. I now like to call it Siesta Mondays and see if that can catch us on. But I don't know whether it will or not. And like I've, uh, you know, we were kicking around. Do you really need to name it every uh, day? Won't just Monday work? I uh, don't have a name for you, but hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Morning, boys. Jimmy James up in New Hampshire. JJ, hey, what's I, happening? I got an uh, Ichiban for you. Uh, uh, Ichiban there. Ichiban. What do you got, pal of mine? All the official, all the NFL training camps are officially open. Ryan Matthews has signed, which puts us firmly in fantasy draft season. We are ready for the fantasy draft this year, uh, Hicks. I will tell you this: Blahard has asked to join our uh, fantasy league, and uh, there is some talk about letting that go through. I'm not going to tell you. Some of the owners don't want him uh, because he's hardcore. And there's a real good chance he could win the league. I'll just tell you the owner that doesn't want him. 
I'll just get out there. It's Kathleen from the Bronx. Really? She's cock-blocking. Yeah. Now, there are several people that will be dropped. Obviously, Franklin doesn't belong in our no, league. No, Um Davey Mack will not be part of our league. Gone. Yeah, well, he... Remember, he didn't even put his heart in until the end of the year. Yeah, he was also just picking Giants. <laughs> now, crazy enough, Earl has been invited back. Really? Yeah. He did. He had like four defenses. I know. He he stacked the defenses, and no one uh, could stop him on that. Uh, Fez Watley, you're looking for the tool, tool in the rose, but I know you had a, a lock up there. Yeah, I had a Monday freezing up, so it was not... I was hoping to get past all of that, just kind of ride some momentum. But, yeah, I did have a lockup. Um, I had to do commercials for Master Lock. Let's go over here to uh, Dave. Dave in Maryland, you're on Run of Fez. Roddy B., hey, yeah. I want to thank you guys for rebroadcasting that St. Patrick's show, St. Patrick's Day show. I mean, Dave... The way you and Dave just batted back and forth, man, playing with fans, it was just fucking outstanding, man. Well, we threw that on because obviously we uh, had a big unmasked planned on uh, okay. Friday uh, with Eddie Izzard, um, which I guess his name is Zaus, and then he just goes with Izzard and kind of a thing, uh, which was um, extremely a lot of fun the other day. Really, really fun. Really, not just even a funny guy, but a brilliant guy. And actually, I've been going back over some of these uh, uh, unmasked, because I think we're coming up to 40 hours now. I'm not sure whether you can be funny and not be smart. It's pretty hard. It is really sure. I mean, he was—he just showed how fucking brilliant the guy is, and his career is just so crazy. Uh, everything went well, and then there was just one odd moment between you and Fez that almost stopped the show. I don't know what we need to do to get you guys not to make noise during the show because something will come up, and I saw the whole audience fucking kind of freeze up, and I looked out there, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it's my two guys. Yeah, we have to work out a better signal system. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I hear, pah, ah, hex. Oh, I'm getting a text right now, and I know that because it's a vibrating text. I hope it's from Eddie Izzard. Franklin just wrote, don't drop me. I love fantasy. But what about football? Uh, Franklin, it's not me. It's the league owners. You were not appreciated there last year. You tanked hard. Yeah, you stunk, and you... Uh, Let's just say, put it this way, slow down league play. There was a problem with you slowing down league play. I know the three of us are in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kathleen and HTG, because we like to have what we call easy girl weeks. It's almost like getting a bye. Earl belongs in this league, 100%. Scruffy's going to be out because he's not working with us anymore. Fuck Scruffy. Mm, I like the attitude. Mooch, of course, went West Coast, so he's out. So we got some slots open in our league. Ten players is what I understand. Ten players. Um, this is as far as we can go with this. Um, here is um, here's Katie. 
Katie, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Katie, we got you. You once, twice, three times, it's Katie. Uh, Hard Rock, you're on Ron and Fez. Hello, boys. Yeah. I would love to be in your fantasy league this year, if possible. Huh. Could Hard Rock Johnny be the part I like to call New Franklin? <laughs> you know what? Since you're the uh, hardcore Giants guy, you could kind of fill in that Dave spot where you just keep buying Giants players I, no I, matter I, what happens. I, I, I don't do that. I, I'm, I'm in like four leagues already. And oh, you're in four leagues? I don't know if we want you. I don't like people <laughs> who do that thing of, all right, well, at least I'm one of my other three leagues. I like for this to be your league. It's a league exclusive. Well, I have one league that I run, and then I have one that's a bunch of friends, and then... No, Johnny. This would be that, the third. Yeah, this doesn't play that way. Johnny, you uh, came to us like you didn't have a home. Like, please let me home. in the league. I don't have anywhere else to go. I, I don't remember that team. part of it, but he did that's... say, I'd like to be in the league. Uh, Johnny, yeah. I'm going to put you up to the other owners. That's fine. I don't like Go the look of it, Ari Gold, because it looks like you got too many outside interests. No, I, and I'm not going to pick just... The only thing I do when I pick is I try not to pick any Eagles or Cowboys. I, that's the only thing I don't do. Mm, I like the idea of that, though. I like anybody without uh, little uh, problems like that. Uh, all right, Johnny, you're definitely going to be looked at. All right. Peace. Later. Maybe we should do a revote on the Franklin. Uh, I don't know. I'm still voting out. How about you? I might be buying a fucking easy win, so maybe I'm going to vote yes on this. Thinking, thinking things over now. He was uh, terrible, which was yeah. great. Um, no, Franklin but, Week's coming up. Awesome. But here's the other thing I didn't like about having Franklin in the league. He's one of those guys where he wouldn't be crushed if he had a loss. I want a guy who has a loss and feels terrible about it. Oh, I fucking was so depressed, just losing my shit every fucking second. I know you were. That's why I'm glad to have you in the league. Where Dave, on the other hand, went, wait, yesterday was the game? That's no fun. And when you had some problems with video on the unmasked the other day, I asked Franklin to step in, and he told me he had a uh, a date with his agent. I'm like, okay. But you did get a video crew. Yes, I did. I was able to do that. Even though I haven't even gotten last uh, one's video. Right, yeah. It was And I'm asking about, I've been asking about that. Maybe we need our own video crew. We definitely need somebody to uh, edit, because they're terrible. It's actually... No offense, Fez, because I know what you're working with, uh-huh. but it's running like shit again. Eddie Izzard, great, but it's all the outside stuff that is a problem. And really, we should get a bunch of those up on the web. It's fucking crazy. Crazy not to have those things already out there. Um, and I need somebody with that passion that goes... I have to get this done. Not Ron wants me to get it done, but, oh, I love this so much, I want to get it done. Um, let's go over to uh, Bill. Bill, you're on Ronnie Fez. Ronnie. Yes. Hey, I don't know if my vote counts, but I vote not only Franklin out, out of the league, but up the show. Well, yesterday was his birthday, so I want you to be kind to him. But he has kind of been off for a long, long time. Uh, since he and uh, Fez had to blow out. And we're always going to be buddies. Don't get me wrong there. But it's a big deal to be in our fantasy league. It's an honor, really. It's not only an honor, 
but it's destiny. I like to call it the League of Destiny. Maybe we should just end it and not even have a league no, this year. No, just, I, I need a league to be in. What about last year's champion as the champion for life? No, come on. There's got to be a fucking second time around. Seriously, it's got to be totally addicted to fantasy football. It's really, it, I was just told all in after that first week. Fucking, I know. I mean, you hated fantasy football before that. Yeah. And that's all I talked about. Fucking people's like, oh, you got a fantasy team, huh? <laughs> what do you have, huh? What are your wide receivers? What's going on there with that? Uh, maybe we should do the thing where each individual is a defensive player. They all count for points. So there's not a play that takes play in the league that isn't uh, that's something that you won't have to follow. Um, let's go over here to uh, J.D., you're on my face. Yeah, I was going to let you know that there's a first edition Batman going up for sale for $40,000. So that's my entry month for Fez. That seems very right low, doesn't it, Fez? It seems like the, the first Batman appearance, the Detective Comics, number 29, that went for over a million. This is the first issue of the actual Batman comic book. Yeah, that seems like it should be big. So uh, you would think it would be a little bit closer to a million. It wasn't that far behind it in age. A 40 Gs, why don't you get yourself one? I may look into that. That way you could have it and keep it in those plastic things and not let kids touch it. With a bag and a board. Bags and boards, they call them. Who does? The comic book stores. Because you get the plastic bag to put it in, and then there's like this poster board that you put behind it that's supposed to help keep it firm and then also uh, protected, too. This is what I, this is what I, I call infotainment, where it's... Um, it's informative, as well as entertaining. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Tony in Atlanta, you're on fez What's happening, fellas? Yeah. I want to throw my hat in to see if you just take a random kid out of Atlanta and put him in. Uh, not going to happen. What if you end up raping a kid? I haven't done that yet. Um, I know, but there's no way for us to know. Well, we have people in this league. I'm now leaning to let Franklin back into the league. First of all, he showed the desire. He sent a text. But he's just terrible getting those RBIs up anymore. Like last week, none went up. I know his, uh, he's got his interest other places, though. You know, he's got a new movie ready to roll out. Oh. Or he's ready to start shooting it. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, there's another teen sailor who's getting ready to uh, attempt to sail around the world. This is little Laura Decker from the Netherlands. She's 14 years old. She's going to start out her journey from Portugal. This is now becoming like a copycat crime, where it's we saw the 16-year-old girl who couldn't make it. Let's find someone even younger to stick out in a dinghy and try to sail around the world. So we have one more out there. I don't know why they think this is an activity for little girls. Columbus even got shipwrecked on one of his trips, and he had the whole backing of Spain behind him. So this girl is going to try to set out from Portugal, go around the world. Then as I'm looking into it, I find this out. She's going to stop in different ports along the way and rest up and meet up with her family. This is not a trip around the world. This is a trip like from Portugal to Morocco. This isn't a. This isn't sailing around the world. Well, is anything? Uh, does she expect us to pay for it at the end? 
No, I don't think so. Well, I let the kid take his, her vacation then. Because this is another one that's going to have to go out. Someone's going to have to go out there and rescue her. Someone's going to end up paying for this thing. Well, people sail, Fezzi. Uh, it's been going on for quite a long time. And uh, she's taking a sailing trip. Yes, and she's going to sail. Because so of, your new thing is not to let people sail because some idiot girl wrecked? Yes, uh, to keep teenage girls from trying to sail around the world. Just to well, be you the, just said that she's not going to be out in the open seas. She's going from port to port. I have the feeling we're still going to have to pick this one up out of the drink. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Lee, you're on the Run of Fez show. Lee, once, twice. I'm going to let you go, brother. Uh, Bob, West Virginia, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fez. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of fantasy football, for the fourth day in a row, from Fez's burial ground, Northern Virginia, Albert Hainsworth has failed his conditioning test. Little Danny Snyder's playing, give me back my money. Uh, they are doing a little uh, game back and forth. It has nothing to do with what kind of conditioning, uh, what kind of condition he's in. Apparently, they tried to trade him over the uh, the winner. That didn't work out. And now he and the team are attempting to gaslight each other. I think they owe him something like a hundred mil. And he's like, "Well, I'm willing to show up." And have people not like me for a hundred mil. Doesn't bother me. Let's fucking play. You want to fucking do this? I'll George Costanza myself all the way through. Uh, the babiness, you know, that takes place during these camps is unfucking believable. It's just the most annoying thing in the world uh, here in August to try to follow ESPN because they go over every single thing that happens in a training camp. Um, Abel, in San Fran, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Mr. B, I got Ichiban for you. Let me hit this uh, button. Ichiban. All right, so some British uh, doctors have found a way to genetically engineer the herpes virus to cure head and neck cancer. So they'll give you herpes? That's right, sir. Why do you have to do that? Why can't you, um, why can't you just get herpes the old-fashioned way? Uh, have a good one. Uh, why couldn't they just say, look, you got neck and head cancer. I want you to go have sex with a Greek, and you're going to feel a lot better. Have sex with a Greek and give it a couple days. They're overthinking this. They are. You know what? So stop thinking, all right? You hit oil, stop drilling. That's like me going down in the Gulf and starting to drill right now. I already got a gusher going. Uh, big exciting news. Tomorrow night, Cupcake Wars. Uh, the girl from Molly's. Boom, boom. Is going to be bouncing out there trying to win this thing. Trying to bring back the cup to Molly's. We're all excited for her. Molly's Cupcakes in Chicago. Still their best seller, the Ron Bennington Cupcake. It's chocolate. It's peanut butter. It's butterscotch. We like to call it an orgasm for your mouth. You know who I heard do this fucking song last night? You, I could give you a million years, you're not going to pull it off. David Johansson. What? Yeah. Where? 
There was a free show in the park. Oh, awesome. It was, uh, and that's where I saw Earl and Franklin yesterday. Melvin Van Peoples came out and read uh, Shel Silverstein's uh, Hamlet thing. Uh, then David Johansson came out. And then Sandra Bernhardt came out and did an hour with a full band. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what it cost me? Donut. Zero? Yeah. That's a hell of a ticket. Why haven't we done an unmasked with Sandra Bernhardt? Just hasn't been put together yet. Well, we should, because she was amazingly funny last night. And uh, I don't think we could do one for David Johansson, but uh, do a uh, enjoy. Um, all right, Fez, there's a firestorm starting over your don't let the girl ride the boat thing. Okay. And I know you wanted to put two in a row together, and then I know you're having new locking up problems. Yes. You, what, what is better, go into the firestorm or sail away from it? I pr- I f- probably should sail away from it. So you want me not to take these calls? Yeah. Uh, Dan, not taking Hi. not taking your call today. Oh, that's that's real brave of Fez. Fez, this, Fez is from- he's sailing away. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. Uh, Dave, Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Oh, yeah. Why is he such a pussy? To we're not we're not taking today. your call today. We're sailing away from rough seas. Right, but what's he frightened of? No, we're sailing away. We're sailing away from the rough seas. Yeah, but he's worried about this. No, so we're sailing away from the right seas. Mike, you're around Fez. Hey, I wanted to see if I could already go pitch you guys, the owners, see if I get in the league. No, we won't, uh, sailing away from that. Sailing away from league talk. Sailing away from all the league talk. Uh, Kelly. Hi guys, I've got an Ichiban. Uh, no, we're sailing away from the Ichibans today. Oh, come on. Sailing away. We're going out there to just safe, calm waters. Oh, that is, it is. I promise. No. No. It's we're good. sailing off into warm waters. Warm blue seas. It's warm. It's Old Spice. That's warm. It's No. Good. I'm sorry, Kelly. I can't do it for you. <laughs> All right. All right. Let the boating people know we're not going with them today. <laughs> not doing it. Um... Paul, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I don't know about you, but I can't stop watching these damn reruns on uh, TiVo of Louis C.K., and I can't wait for Tuesday. I don't know if you're watching them as much as fucking me. Show. Yes, I'm watching the shit out of them. It's such a awesome. fucking great show. And it is now, uh, it's, it's found itself as my number one show. And that's now above the Kenny Powers get-together hour, which I've decided is hysterical, but incredibly blunt. And I love the blunt to subtle, back to blunt, back to subtle, ping pong match that is the Louis show. Um, Chuck, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, the sun's out. It's really nice. Maybe we can talk about that today. Uh, Fezzy, nice sunny days. I like a nice, cool day. Personally, August, not my favorite month. I'm going to go kill myself. Don't. Don't go kill yourself. Uh, Ronifez are in here today. Uh, We may have an interview a little later on with the director of Get Low. What is his name? Aaron Schneider. 
the great Aaron Schneider, who put together a, a really f- fantastic little film. Have you seen it yet, Fez? No, I tried to see Get Low over the weekend, and it was sold out. Well, yeah, because it's on the, uh, what do they call that? When they just put it in a few theaters? Yeah, it hasn't rolled out wide yet. Yeah, so what is it? It's limited like, release. Limited release is the word that we're looking for. Uh, and it's one of the reasons that uh, only New York and L.A. get it at first. No one else is able to get this. You have to live in New York or L.A. to get it. Very small little film, so no movie for you over the weekend. I did. After that was sold out, I went to see Dinner with Schmucks. Uh, that was my plan for the weekend, but Sam told me not to. How was it? Sam was correct. Really? Yeah, I did not enjoy Dinner for Schmucks. I didn't have that many laughs. Maybe it was just a little too schmucky for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't have a good time with it. I just thought it was too bizarre. All right. Uh, Jamie. Jamie in Buffalo. I've got an itchy bond for you, Mr. B. Let me play that. This past decade, according to uh, Good Morning America, has been the hottest decade ever in recorded history. Well, recorded history is how long? Uh, Probably the past uh, 100 years. All right, so uh, you get a 1 in 10 chance of hitting it. Not as frightening as you sometimes think. Now, I don't know if the global warming is going down. But I knew the, do know that they said last month, hottest for the planet Earth ever. Hottest ever for the uh, planet Earth. Uh, Ace, Boston, you're on the Run of Show. Hey, guys. I uh, just wanted to know if you watched Rubicon last night on AMC. I did not. So why don't you give me a, a quick uh, sneak uh, peek here. What happened? Well, I think AMC is, is quickly becoming... If you want to call it the new HBO, they're just knocking them dead with their series with Breaking Bad, Mad Men, and now Rubicon. Uh, kind of a espionage spy type movie. I don't want to give too much away to you, but I'm not the really biggest spy guy in the now. world. I'm not either, but this is a this is a kind of a unique twist on it. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. You should check it out. All right, I will give it Ace just based on you. I'm going to give it that. <laughs> All right, Thanks, I'll be looking into it. Uh, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie, I saw that uh, Salt movie this weekend, and mm. uh, it's watchable. I know there's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of explosions and stuff. But the idea that the spies are still here, and you, you just said you don't like spy movies. I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite spy movie? It's not that, yeah, I, I can't think of, oh, there's a spy movie that I love. I mean, after you get out of James Bond, what are even the big spy movies? Sneakers? Yeah, I saw, is, but are sneakers, are they spies or are they hackers? I think they were kind of both. I remember because there was some computer hacking going on. And then there were spy games with Brad Pitt and Robert Redford again. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I watched that. I don't think I did. I just saw it randomly one day on like HBO or some shit. I was like, this isn't bad, I guess. I've, I've, uh, Brad Pitt and Robert uh, Redford, that's like two generations of Boy Beautiful. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. I don't even know... If I like any spy movie. Well, spies like us. Yeah, I didn't like it. And even though that was supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, that's the only other one I can think of. I was never a huge fan of fucking James Bond. Me neither. It was just too Some people love 
I understand why so many people love love it. It's well, I'm not even it. a fan of the people who are a fan of you, Bond. I'm like, really, you Hefner and James Bond? That's fucking hip to you. All right, like start mine. a band with them. What do I know? Uh, but no, I don't know if I'm a big uh, spy guy. Uh, Mike, you're manifest. Ronnie, isn't North by Northwest kind of like a spy movie? I guess it is. It's pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah, it's Hitchcock. Um, but I don't know, like, as a genre, I don't know if I'm uh, a spy guy. Is the Pink Panther a spy? No, so, he no? was a jewel thief. Oh, he was a jewel thief? Yeah, jewel thief and a French detective. Um, Jamie, you're on Manifest. Hey, Ronnie, what's up? Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, what about Three Days of the Condor with Robert Redford? That's sort of a spy movie. I, so what is it with Robert Redford and the constant spy movies? <laughs> He's done a lot of them now, we're, we're figuring out. Um, Will, you're on Hey, Ron, what about the Jason Bourne trilogy? Those are spy movies. I guess they are technically a spy movie. I would have put yeah, it down as an amnesia film. And those are actually very good films yeah, for action is. films. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Paul, Seattle, you're on Fez. Hey, guys, good morning. Hey, Fez, you sound great this morning. Uh, uh, the Born Identity, man, those, those are the new spy movies. Man. We're, now, we're, we're now agreeing with you. The Born Identities are, are terrific. Um, and is spy even a, a genre? Is that even a movie genre? Is there a spy section? To uh, film 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Uh, hi, you're on the Ron Fez show. Lost you? Let's go over to our uh, good friend, uh, Blahard. Brooklyn Zone. Yeah, Brooklyn Zone, Blowhard. And uh, the only caller that has his own theme song. Indeed. Ronnie B., how about Falcon and the Snowman? What a great movie that was with the great Sean Penn. Uh, it is a terrific movie, but that goes to show you like how lame spying is in real life. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of boring and domestic, and it doesn't have, you know, the James Bond films are full of pizzazz and gadgetry and uh -huh. glamour and everything. But I bet when you were a kid, you never put down Mad Magazine, Spy vs. Spy. The best, black guy versus the white guy, you ain't going to beat it. Ever. But you're not a real fan of the Bond. I'm really surprised because the Bond, I mean, they did make it a little politically correct by putting a woman in the lead role, uh, the boss role, and, mm -hmm. and they can never really settle on, like, who is the best Bond. To me, it's always going to be Sean Connery. No, I'll agree. I, I can definitely watch the Sean Connery Bonds, but I have no time for the rest of them. Yeah, because Roger Moore, to me, was always the saint, mm -hmm. and then they, they just throw in these guys, and if they're sort of like, you know, feminine and like British and just... You know, like, Timothy Dalton was a flop, in my opinion. I never really thought there was a replacement for Sean Connery. And when you go back to Dr. No and uh, Goldfinger, those were the classic Bond films, as opposed to the newer ones now, and they use uh, James Judith, Judith Dench as the, uh, as the boss. You know, it just, they just took a little bit out of it, and I always liked the flirtation with Bond and Moneypenny. And, the past is better. You're correct about that. The past always is always better. All right, my friend. All right, guys. Be well. Peace. Looks like Blowhard will be uh, joining our Football Fantasy League this year. And if he does, he'll be the guy to beat him immediately. Yeah. Because he studies it. Oh, yeah. He He's... absolutely studies it. That's some serious fucking competition. I'm a little worried with that coming in.
But you would think there would even be more spy films in the world. You get outside of uh, Bond, not a lot of them. And Robert Redford. <laughs> it's Bourne, Bond, and Redford. That's it as far as spy, uh, spy films go. But like you say, the, the genre stuff always gets confused. I remember we had this conversation before of like what exactly is a horror film and then when does it become a thriller? Um, I know the other day that a guy said to me, oh, you do like, when I said I didn't like slasher films, he goes, what about Seven? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do like Seven. I went back and watched Seven just to prove something. It is not a slasher film. You never, all you see this film, it's a detective film. You follow the detectives. You never once actually see a murder take place. It's more like a CSI. Yeah, it's figuring shit out. Now, you do like a film, Hicks. Yeah, I, I've seen Saw in theaters. I saw Hostel in theaters. I'll go and enjoy it. For and you minute. masturbated both of them. Yeah, because there's titties in there. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so is a slasher film a horror film, in your opinion? Uh, no, it, it could be, but there's also it could also be a separate entity in, in, in and of itself. A slasher film could just be a violent, fucked up movie, whereas a horror f and with like no supernatural elements, I think a horror film could have some sort of supernatural. It's gotta have supernatural to yeah. be in horror. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Rosemary's Baby, horror. Yeah, definitely. Friday the Thirteenth, because he's kind of supernatural and he's a slasher. That's a horror film. I say I'm gonna say it's a horror film because he's a, basically an undead zombie, fucking going around killing kids. So you've got to have something of another world to be a horror film. Yeah. So is ET a horror film? No, it's science fiction. But what if ET was stabbing people? Then okay. All right, I got a good one for you then. What about Alien? I'll say that's horror film. That's horror sci-fi. But I'd say it's more horror because it's fucking aliens. Fucking Scotty Mellon's popping over a guy's chest and they're eating each other's faces. Right, but but they're not doing it even for a fucking horrible reason, are they? I think so. Those guys are just space truckers. Come on, let's go space trucking. Um, Jaron, you're on my face. Hey boys, how did uh, you feel about Captain Ron as a spy movie? Hold on, we're not go we're not going to be discussing any boating today. We are sailing for clear waters. Sailing for clear waters. Well, well, well. Look who calls us, Mikey boy. Mikey boy. Hey guys, I've got a decent uh, spy flick. How about uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Did you ever read the book, Mikey boy? I have not read the book. I read the book like decades ago. And when people were still acting like, I think he's serious. I think he thinks he's a CIA agent. It's, um, I, now, to me, that is a, that's a great spy movie. Uh, you're running a game show and you're killing Russians. You can't beat it. Right. Uh, Mikey Boy? Yes. Um, even though you've been invited into the league, mm -hmm. uh, there may have to be a vote because one of the league owners uh, put up a veto on you. Which one? I'm not saying. It's one of the girls. I'll put it that way. Okay. All right. All right. No. I don't think it's personal. I just think that they think there should be more females in the league. All right. All and right. I told him, I said, Mikey Boy's almost there. <laughs> Look at his hair. It's so long right now. Um, peace. All right. Yeah. Uh, 
battling back and forth tonight, Fess. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Big Cat? I'm sorry I'm locked. I'm really pissed at myself. You're fine today. Look where we're sailing. Um, where, where, where are we sailing? Clear blue what? Seas. Uh, Larry, Illinois, you're in running Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fezzy. Do you think Dinner for Schmucks will succeed by pandering to the lowest common denominator on humor, and possibly were you jaded by your experience in comedy and your own show business? Um, I just thought it it didn't ha- it was just too weird the, for the, me. This is a very fucking serious question. Yeah, I mean, it it only came in number 2 at the box office. It didn't beat Inception, which stayed number 1 again. So, I don't I don't think a lot I don't think it'll be successful with people pandering to it. And as more 23 re- million dollars for a comedy that, you know, the difference between it and Inception is about 180 million. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. In terms of cost. So I know a lot of people go, oh, let's look at the box office and see who won. Even though I think Inception is going to be a big hit, these comedies can make a lot more profit because it really doesn't cost much more than the salaries. There's not a lot of big uh, CGI work. So I don't think anybody's going to look at this and say it's not, uh, you know, not going to be successful. But that doesn't mean that it's good. You just didn't like it as a film. Yeah, and there's nothing that anyone's going to take away from it. It's not like there's any catchphrases or anything. That you like pe- a, you like a good comedy with a catchphrase. Well, just going back to the caller who's talking about pandering to lowest common denominator. There's... Was your favorite comedy of all time, Get Her Done? That was not my... I didn't see that one. So, but this was just too... It, I know, screwball comedy, too screwball-y. There was nothing. There was nothing to hang on to there. Too screwbally, nothing to hang on to. So would you see it, rent it, or not watch it? I would not watch it. Wow, not even rent it? No, I wouldn't even rent it. What about bootleg it? You're not paying any money. Would you steal it? it? Do you know that we only have two more weeks about the movies uh, left? We ought to try to get A.O. Scott on. I know he works right on the corner at the New York Times. Uh, but uh, all, the, all those years of at the movies, and we will now be done. No more movie review shows. That's, That's the world we live in. Is Ron Tomato? I guess the internet fucking killed that too? It kills everything. The internet is a fucking weed that grows over every industry and destroys it and chokes it out. Um, let's go over here to Chris. Chris hey, Ron. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I just got fired. I was wondering if you could bring me back the money, please. What, 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 first of all, what kind of job did you get fired from? I got fired from a serving job as a waiter at an Italian restaurant. What happened? Did you have your thumb in a soup? No, no, they didn't catch me for that. Um, they, uh, actually, they just got a new manager. He really didn't like me. We were overstaffed, and we had to cut a few people loose. So you think you'd be able to catch on anywhere else? Yeah, yeah. I just had an interview at Starbucks, so see if I get lucky. All right. Things are going to start going your way. Yeah, we're going to have you bring you back your money, please. Somebody bring me back your money, please. Hold on that new shit. Niggas like how come? Hey, hey. Don't they have some kind of uh, edit thing of this? I guess I can look into it, but it's not in delight. 
We only got the fucking XL stuff in here. XL, baby. That's us. You know what XL stands for, right, Fuzz? Extreme language? I thought we were going to go for a joke, but we can do that. Extreme language is the literal thing to say. And that's another reason. That if you listen to this show with a baby on your lap, it's your fucking fault, all right? Because I'll curse right in a baby's face as long as I'm on an XL. Let him know. You know what I'd say to a baby if you brought him in here? What up, fuck? Why? It was a big XL sign. You're just going to refer to the kid as a fuck? Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh... JJ, you're on running fest. Hey guys, happy Monday. Hey, uh, have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes TV show on Current TV? I, wa- I tried to watch it one time. It's unwatchable. I like it, Ronnie. I, I like Ellen Fox. I would give it. Uh, I would give it a do not see on the Rotten Tomato list. <laughs> Two thumbs uh, down. Yeah, whatever they do, I forget what it is. What are they? Dried tomatoes? If you don't like something, it's, f- it's uh, pretty- frustrating or yeah. A rotten, a rotten tomato. You know, I told him, you know, my dad grows tomatoes in the summer, and he goes, July killed so many of his tomatoes. I never heard him so depressed. He goes like this. I've been fighting to save these tomatoes all summer. It's so fucking hot out there. Oh. And I go like this. Dad, don't beat yourself up over it. You just don't know how to grow tomatoes. What do you say after that? Um, Dave, you're on Renefez. Yeah, Ron, I want your opinion on Chelsea's wedding. They're trying to make it up to be a royal wedding, which is embarrassing, saying how it's going to bring the country out of the recession. They're making way too much out of this thing. And Mrs. Clinton looked like she belonged in Afghanistan was what she was wearing. Well, again, I don't know why a man would worry about this. Uh, I thought that the Clintons tried to keep this very private. Chelsea Clinton got married. Uh, no big celebs there. And she got married to Chelsea Pierce. And she said... Uh, only because it reminded of her own name. But it's just really the girls' TV shows that are making a big deal out of this. I mean, if they go out of their way not to have the fucking press there and then not to have celebrities there, just family and friends, just let them have their own wedding. No, they're asking for it, Ron. Sarah, I don't... Yeah. Sarah Palin's daughter, the Earth 2 Chelsea Clinton, Bristol Palin, uh, looks like her engagement's off again because uh, apparently Levi Johnson, her fiancé, got an ex-girlfriend pregnant, Lanesia Garcia. I thought they said that wasn't his kid. Um, I hadn't seen that. Well, look it up. Let's get the update. He's got some pwned sperm. Shit. Yeah, he does. He's got hockey sperm. It's crazy Alaska. He'll get it past the fucking goalie every time. They said, yeah, because he's from Alaska. Every one of his sperms is shaped like a beaver. I guess has big teeth that can get through. I think there'd be more Alaskans then. How many words you type a minute, Fez? One? Barely. Oh, yes. Uh, Lanesia is saying that he is not the father. He is not the father. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, back in just a couple of minutes with lots more, including something that's been driving you crazy, Fez. Oh, yeah, uh, something from one of the BP spokesmen. And something that you've been driving you crazy, Hicks? Yeah, uh, Damon Lindelof um, made a 
some crazy comments during the uh, during he he got an award for loss being a great TV show and in, in the speech he said we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez, the virus on Sirius XM. I'm home all the time. Finally, really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you all to hell! Surrounded Fed Show on a Monday. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Fez, I don't know whether you saw this story, and you are uh, somewhat of a college football fan, but uh, Lane Kiffin is the new coach at USC. Um, He went over and hired a coach that was working for the Titans. The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are now suing him for tampering, uh, which you've never hear about this happen before in the past. And uh, Lane Kiffin says, this is all just about geography. It's only because I was coaching the Volunteers. Now I went to USC. That state can't leave me alone. Now, Fez, uh, Lane Kiffin's dad, Monty Kiffin, is one of the great defensive coaches uh, was there on the Bucks year. Everybody loves Monty Kiffin. Mm-hmm. He follows his son Lane around, just coaching for him. And yet everybody hates Monty's baby boy, Lane Kiffin. I hate Lane Kiffin as well. Because of the championship that his dad brought to you? Uh, no, I wish his dad would have cut him off years ago, stayed in Tampa Bay, where he uh, created the Tampa 2 defense. But Lane Kiffin is just a jerk. He's got no winning record as a head coach. Uh, he left the Tennessee Volunteers in a, in the lurch and does all this crap himself and accuses everyone else of how, cheating. How did he leave him in a lurch? He just took off, basically, in the middle of the night. Uh, how come they didn't have a contract with him? I, I don't know how he got out of that. If he does, Then I would look into it. It would seem to me... Uh, if somebody's with you and they're not under contract, that would be your fault. So I have the problem right away, and I don't know anything about Lane Kiffin. But it's hard for me that if he didn't have a deal holding him there, to not think that some athletic director was in trouble. And in the same way of the Tennessee Titans, if he buys somebody away, how's that his fault? Because he didn't even contact Jeff Fisher. Why should he? Because that's basically the etiquette of coaching. Etiquette is not the law. Etiquette is not the law. And here's the other part of this that is uh, astounding to me. Let's suppose um, tomorrow you said, hey, Clear Channel just made me an offer, so I'm going to Clear Channel, right? Uh Uh-huh. But we would all be upset you didn't tell us, blah, blah, blah. If Sirius had a lawsuit against somebody, who would it be? It would be against um, Clear Channel. Why? They have no deal. They never had a deal with Clear Channel. Their lawsuit would be against you. 
You're the person that has a deal with them. I don't, I've never heard uh, before that you could go get somebody from a completely different walk of life. College football and pro football should not be connected, where they're going to trust in each other's um, ability to, to keep people places. If anything was holding those coaches, it has to be their contract back with their employer. It's almost fucking crazy what happens here. Um, let's go here to uh, Steve. Steve, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Lane Kiffin was under contract. He only coached one year at Tennessee. He had four or five years left. So how does he get he to leave? I when don't know. I, when I'm under contract, I can't leave. Yeah, he, well, he may have had a clause he could get out, but I well, know then, he was then, under, then under that clause that you could get out of it meant it was a legal fucking move. Oh, yeah, I agree. I just wanted you to know, that's all. Yeah, if he had a clause that said, you can get out by this point, if I was in his employer, I would expect it. I would expect I can't believe that so far along the lines here, no one's ever fucking blaming the athletic department. And if the guy stinks so bad, like you said, he's never had a winning record. Yeah, as a coach. Why does Tennessee want him then? Why did Tennessee want him in the first place? And then why did USC grab him? These fucking sports pages, there's never like a uh, a lot of sense that goes on when you're reading. Um, Tyler, California, you're on Manifest. Ronnie, how you doing, buddy? Good. You gotta think of it like Al Capone. I mean, the cops couldn't get him on anything serious, so they get him on tax evasion. Lane Kiffin was a prick in Oakland. He was a prick in Tennessee. And now this is the only way somebody can finally get him is with tampering. And he was under contract. It's just the fact that all those college coaches have things built into them that they can leave for their, you know, quote unquote dream job. And he yeah, so that's, that, that is part of the fucking deal. If you don't ever want the guy to leave, Put it in the contract that he can't. Don't put it in a contract that says you can leave under these circumstances and then get mad when the person does. It doesn't make fucking sense. If it was so important to you to keep it, that would be it. If Fez Watley had a deal with Sirius, but then he said, I can fucking get out of it if I'm fucking offered, I don't know, mornings in Tampa because that's my dream job. And then he went and did that. That's not breaking a fucking contract. As a matter of fact, that's sticking with the contract. Then Lane um, Kiffin probably should have said that when he was trying to fire up the Volunteers fans, telling them how he can't wait to start beating Florida and he's going to win the SEC championship and the national so title. You're, you're, you're thinking what's wrong is he didn't lay that out. He didn't lay out the terms of his contract to the fucking alumni. Yeah, that he they yeah. hired someone to watch out for them, right? Uh huh. They have an athletic director. That's the fucking guy that should be fucking in trouble here. Of course, he had every intention of fucking beating Florida, unless he got his fucking dream job. You know how I know that? How? In his contract. That's the contract that he signed. These fucking places drive me nuts. Now I ain't saying he's a good guy. He might be the biggest asshole in the world. I think it's I think it's fucking hysterical. He keeps bringing his dad with him to coach the defense. They said he doesn't even walk over on that side of the practice. He's like, my dad knows what he's doing. Um, let's go over here to uh, Tony Ehrman. Hey, Ronnie, what's the sh- 
talk about Reggie Bush having to get back to Heisman. I mean, when is the NCAA going to wake up? I know, they're out of their fucking minds. I can't even play around with that. The whole thing of we're taking away someone's championship from seven years ago, you see no one's reacting big to it because no one believes it. They fucking won the championship that year. Uh, Russ, you're in Manifest. Russ. Russ. Yes. In the coaching world, you it don't matter. You don't do that. you got to go through the head man or... Even the head man's boss. You don't just call a coach, have him come over a week before fucking camp starting the NFL. That was a bullshit move, and he ought to get his fucking nuts in a fucking ringer for you. Well, first of all, again, the guy that he called, apparently that fucking coach didn't care enough about him to give him a fucking guaranteed contract. All right? And a contract. What? He had, a, he had a year left on his fucking contract. But the fucking thing would mean you can't leave for anywhere in football. They they leave these contracts wide open. And when I sign a fucking contract, I can't tell you how fucking specific it is. And I have had contracts that said, you can't leave for a place that's within 50 miles from here. If you got to fucking stay, you know, or else you have to sit out for six or six months, 12 months. Everybody has signed these kind of fucking deals. But the whole thing of... If I have Hicks working for me, and I go, all right, go get me that fucking, that guy. And he goes, well, I can't do that because there's a pecking order. What are you fucking kidding me? You work for me. Lane's Kiffin's job was to get the best fucking people he could. If there's an old boys club like that, it's fucking wrong. It's wrong. May even be illegal. Maybe flat out fucking illegal to keep people away from getting better jobs. Because you got some kind of old boys club set up. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. What's bothering you over there, Pepper Hicks? All right, so Damon Lindenloff, the co-creator of uh, Lost, he accepted the TV Critics Association one for Best Drama Series over the weekend. Is this the gay one or the other one? I think it's the other one. Okay. And during his speech, instead of like saying thank you, he just read off the hate tweets that were tweeted at him for the over the uh, finale of Lost. And one of he read off a few of them. He said one of them was, "Hey douche, instead of backpacking in Europe or whatever the fuck you're doing, how about you give me six years of my life back?" The other one was, uh, "You suck. Please don't ruin Star Trek by ending it in Klingon purgatory." Uh, has anyone accused you of being an emotional terrorist yet? And research these words: closure and actual explanations. So he's just reading off what people hated about the Voss finale. These guys just don't give a shit that so many people were fucking hurt by this. Well, first of all. I don't know why he fucking read them back off again. A, you shouldn't even read your fucking hate mail. Uh, and Because only what kind of fucking lunatic is going to, to send a fucking Twitter? Just don't watch if you're that fucking locked up into it. serious fucking hate tweets going on over here. Well, no one's going to kill him. But the whole point of uh, reading them off, I think it's his way of acting like... Um, I don't give a fuck what these idiots say. Yeah, but that means he does give a fuck then, because he's fucking bringing, them, he's bringing light to it. I can guarantee you no one gives a shit about a, a fucking... Uh, anyone who gets out there and sends a tweet about how un, un, unhappy they are, they would only be laughed at in any part of the real world. There's no part of the real world that would go, someone tweeted something, and I think we should take it seriously. 
if anything, they'd be like, why does this douchebag keep fucking tweeting his unhappiness? Get a knob. I think we seriously find this guy. Maybe we should look into helping yeah, out. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Jerry Bomb 479. Um, oh, is that who it was? He's great. Yeah. Give me a reboot over here, would you, Hicks? Uh, Fez Watley. Uh, one of the BP spokespersons said that, um, yes, he would be fine eating fish from the Gulf of Mexico now, and he would even serve it to his family. So I think as they play these really long commercials from BP, talking about how they're going to take full responsibility of, for the oil spill, and they're there till the end, till every last drop is cleaned up, this would make a really good commercial. This guy's sitting down to a Gulf of Mexico seafood dinner, caught fresh off the boat, hauling it in, and then it gets served to them at a table. I'd like to see him and his wife and kids in a spot where they sit down and start eating some oily shrimp. Well, you just said he would, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd like to see him and his family do is get in that water on the 4th of July. Everybody's looking for you. Get out there and start swimming. Remember that in Jaws? He had to take his family out first. Um, as you said, XL stands for... I said extreme language. It's explicit language, not extreme language. Explicit. Expli ex extreme language is more like, go for it, dude. All right, now I understand the difference. Um, a shout-out to our friend Frenchie, who's uh, laid up. Hope she's feeling better very soon. She's had some health problems, so just send him well wishes and love to Frenchie. Uh, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson says he's considering granting a posthumous pardon to uh, Billy the Kid. Now, the descendants of uh, Pat Garrett are calling this an insult and defamation to Garrett's character. So I don't think, even though uh, over a century passed, you should probably pardon the murdering uh, gunslinger. I don't know whether this is supposed to help tourism or something. But I'd hate to think that a hundred years from now, yeah, we decided everything's fine with Son of Sam. Everything's good there. Let's just give him the official pardon. Probably shouldn't have had him locked up for life in the first place. So, uh, Billy the Kid, possibly a uh, pardon. Yeah. All right, it is the Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, a second woman who worked for Casey O'Fleck on this uh, Yakina Phoenix documentary is now claiming sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. And I was wondering, how far do you have to go before you are sexually harassed? Because uh, sometimes... I get it. Nobody should be able to put their hands on anybody. Nobody should be able to um, say, by the way, you're staying after 5 o'clock and I want you to blow me. But beyond that, uh, can you be sexual? Is it considered sexual harassment 
if you say you look uh, hot today. Hicks, where is the line for you? I think that you can say someone you look you, uh, you look really good today. I think that's fine. I don't think that's sexual harassment. It's paying a compliment. Could you say you got a great ass? Maybe not you know, that bluntly, but say, I don't know. You Could know? you say you have a great body? Yeah, I think you have a great body. I don't think that's sexual harassment. No. But what if you say it like every hour on the hour? Seriously, smoke it. What I would do with that body, believe me. All right, maybe describing what you would do to the person might be sexual harassment. Sure. So where is your cutoff point? Um, implying sex. That you want to bang the other person. Other than that, I think you're fucking fine. So anytime that you imply sex, somebody should be fired for that. I don't fire, but if it's in a menacing manner, if it's it's like... Yeah, you look hot. It's fucking scary. Uh, yeah, it is. That's uh, men- menacing. Is New Girl around today? Uh, no. Um, because she is the only female voice that we have right now that would be able to explain that to us. I'm always wondering where the cutoff point was. And see, here's what happens with Casey Fleck. Once you get two back-to-back like that, you just look like, well, obviously. Look like Roethlisberger. Um... You know what? Hosp would love to be in our league. Really? They're coming out of the woodwork now. Yeah, they are. Uh, Ryan, in Montana, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, I, at work we have a sign that says, what's the line between flirtation and sexual harassment? Yeah, the what is it? Line. The unemployment line. Oh, so you, it's like a joke. No, that's, that's what, hanging up at work. It's not my joke. It's FedEx's joke. But what I'm trying to say is that's like them fucking marking it out. I guess it gave me a laugh. Yeah. Uh, Keith, you're in front of Fez. Hey, uh, Ron, I was just wondering if Pepper's line would be different if it was a dude implied. Uh, give me an example. Uh, he was saying uh, he would find it sexual harassment if it was uh, a woman implying sex, but if it was a guy, would it be a kiss? Would it be a slap on the ass? What would be the line for him? Where, where would you think a guy was making you feel uncomfortable? Maybe, maybe if you grab my ass and touching me, like fucking But what if he just me? said, geez, you know what? It would be great just jacking you off. Seriously. I think that's, I'd be harassed then. If a guy just offered to jerk me off all the time when I come into the fucking office right, in the morning. What if the guy comes in like this? Pepper, you look really good. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. You look fucking hot today. Oh, I wouldn't mind that, I guess. All right, like, so anything I feel good that, about myself. Anything, all right, this is actually a good rule of thumb. Anything that would make a guy feel uncomfortable if another guy was saying it to him would be then sexual harassment if you said it to a girl. Yeah, I think that's a good road to go now. Yeah, it's really not a bad one. I don't know why they don't come up. Just say, if you're confused about this, would you want a gay guy saying this to you? And if anybody says yes, fuck it, then it's sexual harassment. But seriously, why don't you stay a little later tonight? Okay, why? It's overtime maybe or something? Oh, I thought maybe I'd take you out for some shots and cheeseburgers. Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Do me a favor. Put on that Zoo York shirt of yours. Uh, it's at home. Uh, I, I, I guess I can go get it. Matt, you're on my fist. Hey, two things. One, uh, I think the difference is if it's welcome or unwelcome, it becomes harassment. 
And it's always up to the other person. If, if somebody's hitting on you and you're into it, it's cool. If they're hitting on you and you're not into it, then it's harassment. But it's always whether the other person wants it or not. And so, that's something that you can only figure after the fact. Yeah, I mean, you're really only fucking guessing it. Now, the second thing, real quick, I got an Ichiban. I don't know if you guys heard about this or not. Yeah. Larry Fishburne's daughter has made a porn, and she believes at 19 that this is going to be her ticket to the next level of stardom. I'll tell you this, it makes me completely interested in her career and what's happening with her. She's definitely taking the blue pill. I actually care a lot more about her than I do those Kardashian girls. If that's what she's out to do. Hopefully her sex tape's better than the Kardashian one. That one was garbage. I don't know why Larry hasn't stepped in and go, honey, this is not the way you get it going. But again, this is what happens with kids when they just care about fame and not about work. When you put the work first, instead of yourself, you end up doing fine. Um, let's go over here to uh, Ryan in Jersey. You're on my face. Hey, Pep. What's Pep. up? Yeah. If, uh, what if it was a guy named Todd who told you how good Sail you look? Away. You still feel kind of good? Sail away in the blue waters. Sure, I like compliments. Who doesn't? When you wear that headband, it's unfucking believable. Thanks. I just washed it. I bet you did, huh? I fucking bet you did wash it. Yeah, I told you. I just told you. I did. Yeah, I'd like to wa watch you wash it one time. What'd you do? Put a little soap on it, huh? Yeah, I guess I could wash it for you in the sink. And the suds it up a little bit. Yeah, it was sudsy. I bet you did, you twisted fuck. What? I just, just washing the headband. Sure. Gotcha. Um... Let's go over here to uh, Mike in Toronto. You're on manifest. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, I used to work with this guy. He said it as a joke, but it's kind of true if you think about it. He always said it's only sexual harassment when a girl stops enjoying it. Again, uh, how are you supposed to know? So two exactly. exactly. Hold on. There he is. Two guys could give a woman this exact same line. One would be sexual, you know, if she doesn't like one of the guys, she's into the other one. One sexual harassment and the other isn't. Well, why does that surprise you? Let's say in the same way, having sex with one guy would be enjoyable. Having sex with the other guy would be impossible. And her enjoyment is the only thing that keeps it from sex from becoming rape. Right, but it, it seems like there should be... Like, let's say the first guy said the same line and got fired, and the second guy didn't. It seems like there should be some sort of definitive thing there. How would there be? But in, this, in the same way, if one guy puts his penis in her, right, uh -huh. she loves it. If another guy puts his penis in it, it's rape. You can't say to the woman, what's wrong with you? You have to let all guys go to the same fucking point with you. Right. Well, the problem is that it's after the fact. That the guy can't take back his line if she didn't like it. Um, why would it have to be after the fact? Why couldn't he say to her before, how comfortable do you feel with me? Do you mind these kind of fucking stories? I'm going to come in here later talking about my nutsack. I hope you like it. If not, let me know. Shoot a fucking flare off. There's a suggestion box. Let's put it this way: If you're saying that there's no fairness to it, right? Uh huh. Could two guys say the same words? 
to a room, one guy gets a laugh, the other guy doesn't. Sure. Why? The timing of it. All right. So, and what else? And one guy may just be naturally funny. How, how, how can someone be naturally funny if two people are saying the same exact thing? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's how it's being perceived. But that doesn't seem fair, does it? No. So why should this whole thing be completely fair? Why shouldn't it fucking... Why isn't it fair that somebody who has a certain amount of charm gets to move places to people who don't have charm? And at the same time, why is that surprising to people? If you don't have fucking some kind of charm, if you don't have a sense of humor about it, you really have to be told by the outside world, you're so awkward, you can't get away with things, and but you're the last to figure it out. It almost feels like you're a lunatic. Now, in this case of Casey Flack, I think we're looking at a different deal here. I think he's all fucked up, and he's used to, you know, I've been in a movie... I've been in a movie, so I can say sometimes, hey, you want to fuck, bitch, and they'll go along with it. In other words, he's probably been with some low-life girls before. Don't say that. Yeah. Not about Casey. Well, I, I don't mean it as a bad thing. But just like if you're in a band, right, or in anywhere in show business, you are going to meet some people who show up to fuck the person that was doing it, Right. But it doesn't mean that you can treat all fucking girls like they're groupies. Um, James, James, you're on Hey, buddies. Dick Holder, yeah. 7829. Uh, let me play this. Face! Remember him? Face! Face! You see all our face. Hey, uh, what about gay guys? You know, they can't be sexually harassed because they love everything. So if I have... If a gay guy advances toward another gay guy, he just accepts automatically. Well, they also then, I think it's the gay guys that tend to say that they're physically worried about their own uh, safety at work. You know, work, I don't know how we ever got into this point that work's supposed to be somehow pleasant. It fucking rarely is. Um, Chris, you're on my FS. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Yeah. I, say, I think it all depends on how hot the uh, chick is that's harassing you. You know, I guess it goes both ways, but if she's busted and she's saying stuff, she kind of like, oh, it's harassment. But she's good-looking, you have a chance, you're like, all right, you know, cool, whatever. So your point is what? I'm confused. It's not like, it, it, you know, harassment goes both ways. If it's a chick that's, you know, hitting on a guy at work, if, if she's busted then, uh, and she's saying stuff that's provocative, then you're going to be like, ugh, that's harassment. I don't, I don't want this chick talking to me. But if she's good looking, you're like, all right, cool. Let's, yeah, let's keep going. I don't know. The girl could be a pig, and I'm not going to fucking accuse her of harassment. I really, I'd fucking be so embarrassed. Yeah. To fucking go down to HR. I feel like I'm being harassed. I feel uncomfortable at work now. Right. But I come, in from, I come from the handle at yourself fucking school. Fucking break somebody's pinky finger. The HR really has ruined many fucking places. Well, they have to, though, because so many people have sued companies. You know, I kind of don't blame the fucking corporation. Um, here's Dan. Dan, you're on Renefez. Oh, hey, Ron. I, I've seen a couple of videos on sexual harassment before, and your, and your human resource you know, booklet will tell you, like, if it's clearly something suggestive, like, 
like blatant, open, and that's automatic like terms for you know for being fired. But if it's something that could be construed, if that person tells you that they're uncomfortable with that type of talk, and it's like a little suggestive, and they have it, they actually have it recorded with the human resources. And then if you do it again then that's considered human, uh, that's harassment. But you have to almost have it, if it's not real blatant, you almost have to have it registered with someone that you've been informed that it's, that that kind of talk is, you know, offensive. Right. And, and, and the again. other side of it, of course, the rule of thumb could always be this. Would you want somebody saying this to your chick or your sister when you weren't around? Do Would you really want somebody saying to your sister? What size cup are you? Because you look really fucking hot today. Those tits of yours would fill up a fruit bowl. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you understand what I got for you? Um, Nick, you're on a fez. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I just want to state the fact that it's only sexual harassment if there's, if there's some kind of financial gain by the harassed party, which would be the woman, of course. All right, so as long as you're saying the only reason why people even put these in is to get paid? Absolutely, 100%. So apparently you've had it happen to you before? I'll never get 100%. That's the only time they do it. What would this be? You know that trip we got to take out that lay? I guarantee you I'm going to fuck you on that trip. Would that be sexual harassment or not? Um, Lee, Indiana, you're on Hey, I, I've actually heard uh, you tell like a sexual joke. The person who files the sexual harassment is someone who overheard another conversation and they felt sexual harassed. Even though you weren't talking to that person. Well, that's fucking weird. So that's, oh, all right, yeah, but yeah, a lot of people say that like about fucking jokes, right? Yeah. So like if they hear somebody telling a joke at work, they feel sexually harassed. Right, yeah. A lot yeah. of times it's sexual jokes. Sometimes it's uh, a way somebody looked, you know, I like your dress. And they just, maybe they were jealous. They liked the guy and they just, it was a revenge thing. Also, in, in management, I was told, as part of management, that you have to treat everybody. You can't make friends because if you do a favor for somebody, you let this person go home early, that's harassment. Somebody else will come up to you and go, uh-uh, that person's playing favorites because they let so-and-so go home early. And uh, that maybe it was a sexual harassment thing. But uh, that's we've been told not to ever make friends. Don't do favors. Don't do anything that's different than anybody else that you would treat. That sounds like a cold place, though, right? Oh, yeah. Retail, man. Retail, they get all kinds of, te especially teenagers and people right out of high school. All right, thanks. Uh, here's Ryan Idaho. You're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I was just calling because uh, I was uh, working with this older lady, and uh, we had this thing back and forth where we flirted with each other for a while, and her daughter came in to work one day. And uh, about my age, younger, good-looking, and uh, I started talking about how pretty her daughter was, and uh, that flirtation just turned into, well, now, uh, now that sexual harassment, and I got fired for it. So I, it's just uh, for saying her daughter was hot. 
because uh, she didn't like, she just didn't like the fact that I wasn't into her anymore. So just that flirtation that we had just turned into, oh, of jealousy and then yeah no one likes it like if you act like you're attracted to them and their kid that's never going to fucking get you over i'm not uh you know i'll have sex with you and your daughter how's that does that sound fucking fantastical to you kind of turned off your whole family can blow me that's how fucking hot you are you're so hot i would fuck your underage daughter Right now, in front of you, with you cupping my balls. Have they been in the same room? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866 Ron Zero Fez. I see you being quiet over there, Fez. Are you intimidated and sexually harassed by this conversation? No, I'm fine with it. All right. Um,. Let's uh, go over here to uh, Dusty. You're on Running Fest. Yeah, hey, I was just driving down the freeway the other day ago. I saw a sign that was spray-painted on a piece of plywood. It said, I want a hot, cool secretary. I was just wondering if he could sexually harass her. It really is fucking coming off that way. Seems like it's in her job description to be harassed if anyone answers that ad. Uh, that's the same time we got that other thing lined up. Well, what time's the other one? Where's this? Uh, and this is a nine or four? Because you're right, like shit. You're starting to realize that, right? Um, all right, let me let me look it up first. I got to go back and forth here, Fez. I hate you. I hate to pull back the curtains and hear you here behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I had to do a little work with my producer there. Um, Will, you're on a Fez. Hey, buddies. Um, yeah, just last week, a uh, chick I'd worked with for about three years, um, put her in a two weeks' notice, getting ready to move to San Francisco in like um, two weeks. Uh, she approaches me in the break room. Nobody's around. She says, listen, I just want to tell you, um, I've, I think uh, you're the hottest guy on the floor, and I've always wanted to jump your bones, um, which I guess would technically be sexual harassment, but my biggest dilemma was trying to figure out if I could uh, round her up somewhere in the next two weeks, but uh, it won't work out. But, yeah, I mean, that was So crazy. you're acting like, though, you couldn't have sex with a girl unless they were at work. Once she left, you're like, well, I couldn't have sex with her anymore. No, she... Uh, doesn't make sense to me, Hicks. That sounds fucking crazy. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Jay, you're on run fez Hello? Yeah. Hey, um... I used to be like other whiny bitches at work and all. Yeah, sexual harassment's all bullshit. But now my old lady's boss is messing with her pretty hard, asking if he can practice foot massage on her and leaving pornos in her desk and shit like that. And I want to pound him. See, ex- that's exactly what I'm talking about. If somebody's treating your chick like this, you want to snap their fucking neck like a breadstick. Leaving porn on the desk? Jesus Christ. Some fucking guys think uh, porn turns a woman on. I know a fucking chick, this guy would send her fucking things of, like, little fucking porn things and said, I'd like to do this with you. What? And he'd think that it would fucking turn her on. It's to get her hot, yeah. It's a forget-me-not, that's for sure. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Pete, you're on Run-A-FEZ. 
Yeah, Ron, you know, you'll be at work and somebody will show you a picture on their phone. You know, to me, you know, I can take it, no big deal. But I tell the guy, hey, man, if you can show this to the wrong person, then sometime you're going to get fired. Right. So be careful. What do you, I tell the guy, you know, I don't mind it. But, hey, you're going to go around showing guys this crap. You're going to get popped for that. Well, remember we used to have this with Dave, that he would be looking at porn during a movie. He... During a fucking meeting and shit. Yeah, and even when we were eating lunch in the office, he would have four, he would open up four different windows of porn all at the same time playing on the screen and then videotaping it with his Blackberry, blasting the porn, and so he could jerk off to it later in the bathroom. Now, the thing is, now, why would that end up like, if Hicks was offended by that, what he would do is sue the company, not fucking Dave. This is how crazy we've got. No one could just say, oh, Dave's a fucking maniac for the way he acts, and it should be about him. They would say that this place somehow set up an unsafe work uh, environment. Yeah, throw it in my face. Um, Graham, you're on the run of Fish show. Hey, how's it going? Um, I was just calling to say... Uh, I agree that it's it's messed up to uh, like be grabbing on a chick or something at work, but from what I understand, if you compliment a girl or something, call sexual harassment on you and get you fired. But it, isn't that a violation of your First Amendment rights? I mean, you should be able to say what you want. Um, not at work. You can't say everything you want at work. That's garbage. Well, why is it garbage? You're supposed to be working there, not giving out all your opinions. I mean, uh, would it be my First Amendment right if I'm working in a retail store and I go like this, have this cheap, uh, ugly perf perfume? It really is going to make you smell like shit. It's just the exact opposite of freedom of speech. You're fucking paid. It's lying. Yes. Nonstop. It's lying of speech. Um, Are these expensive sneakers better? Uh, no. Matter of fact, um, the sneakers that you have would probably last you another three years. You'd be crazy to come in here and buy new shoes. Yeah, I don't want any commission. Just, just leave. Just get out. Um, eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. Uh, John Mass, you're on fez. Uh, yeah, I was working as a massage therapist as an insurance company, and I. I had a client come back to my studio, and she came on to me, and I stopped it. And then the next day, I got reported for sexual harassment as if I came on to her. Um, that is fucking probably a frightening thing about your whole job, right? Yeah, the mistake was is that I didn't have somebody else at my house or at my studio, but the option was there. I told her. I said, my fiancé can be here, and she denied that. Yeah, I, I would think if you're a guy working as a massage therapist, uh, you have to be fucking careful all the time. All the goddamn time. I think it would almost be too frightening. You know, you could say, oh, this is so fucking hot, but then uh, something else is, you know, look at uh, Al Gore for getting that massage years ago. Four years ago, it got brought up. Now, the charges have been dropped. Mm-hmm. But in the back of a lot of people's minds, they're going to go, oh, yeah, didn't he fucking try to put his fucking cock in that chick's hands? That's happened to a couple other celebrities. I'm not going to say who, Kevin Costner. But these things pop up. And, you know, the guy's laying there naked. He's being rubbed. She could come out of there and say whatever she wants to say after that. Um, 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Rich, you're on fez Hey, uh, I was going to say, well, how about this one? Uh, work for a city in Florida, a bunch of guys, they finally hire a woman in there. Well, we're having our regular guy talk. Anytime the girl would come by, we would shut up so we wouldn't get in trouble. Well, she goes to the boss complaining that we made her feel uncomfortable at the workplace, and we all got written up and warned about uh, that that could be considered sexual harassment, and we get fired for trying not to sexually harass somebody. So I guess you can't even talk about things that aren't happening even when she's around. Well, I guess not, because, you know, we were trying to be trying to be good boys, good Southern boys, and not say nothing, and we get written up about it. All right, man. Here's uh, Brian. You're in running Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, buddy. Uh, I was in the Navy during the whole tail hook thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, after when that happened, we had to go to training and everything, and uh, it, which amounted to don't ever talk to anyone of the opposite sex. Uh, but it seems to me that the whole political correct thing all stemmed from that, because it seems from there more and more stuff became offensive, so to speak. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, there has been, and I don't know what started it, uh, but of course the military is the first and foremost. They're always on the front lines of you know, racial equality, sexual equality. They will always be the kind of template, and then it'll come back uh, across for the rest of society. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Brian, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. So, so I wonder, are the rules different, uh, like in your industry? Because, you know, you guys have bits, and the way that you talk to somebody might be included in a bit. So um, you got to have to walk kind of a fine line. Or is it that you feel no. like it's the same as everyone else? We never hear about it. Um, I've never had anyone say uh, guest, interns, whatever. It's very surprising to me because I've worked other places where they have, you know, said about the way to treat women. I go, look, I have fucking, you know, I have strippers coming in here. And, you know, are you saying I shouldn't be able to say I want you guys to munch each other? And they go like this. Oh, no, I think with a stripper you're fine. It's open. It's nice. But look, the other day, um, Sandy Kane said that we said to her, we want you to blow Paul L. And I know for a fact I don't remember it that way, particularly since we were on terrestrial. How would that fucking help? We'd have been thrown out in the fucking street. Um, why don't we take a break here, Fez? Okay. Give you a chance to catch your breath. All right. Yeah, I'm just gonna run down to the hall. Run down the hallway. What are you gonna do down there? Just use the restroom. Throw some water on my face. Probably scream like a maniac down the hallway. How come? Because I'm just feeling the panic. What happened to Friday? I have no idea, and I tried to repeat everything. I'm trying to focalize myself. Vocalize yourself. Vocalize. That's what I learned from the new uh, shrink, the new therapist last week. So I'm trying to get that. I'm. Oh, I can't get that to lock in. Did you have a good weekend. Um, Friday and Saturday were good. Uh, Sunday morning 
the panic came washing over me. Damn, Friday was so fucking great. Friday is the most fun I had in a long time. All right. We will um, take a uh, break. Oh, Eddie Truck has Billy Squire on tonight. And Keith from Buckcherry. Ah, how he gets them. There's nobody like that Eddie Trunk. That Mel show, he's the shit. Boneyard, what's up? He does. He likes the 80s. He does like that 80s metal. He hates 90s. Oh, yeah, the grunge thing. Wow. Broke his heart. He doesn't hate the 70s. He's got some Sabbath there. I wonder who his favorite band is of all time. Did he ever say? Kiss? I guess it's Kiss. Yeah, I was going to guess Kiss, too. It's got to be Kiss or Ozzy. Maybe Twisted Sister. All those guys like Kiss and Ozzy the best, though, right? Yeah, they, they're the fucking gods of whatever metal scene. The, the fucking Still, four, though, huh? Forefathers or whatever. Yeah, I guess. No one came on? No one came on after that? I, th- it's, I think it really is, like, Ozzy is recognized as the guy who fucking started er- everything for them. And the, no one will ever fucking say a bad word about him. Then why do they like Kiss so much? I don't know, maybe because of the theatrics. I mean, yeah, the, makeup. I guess the makeup, yeah. There's like Star Robot and fucking Catman, right? Halloween costumes. Catman is Dave's fucking friend. Oh, sorry. I get confused with the cat. That isn't Star Robot. The guy's not a fucking robot. He's a child. He's a star child. Oh. They should throw a robot in there. That was actually pre-robots. That was the 70s. Um, what about Lost in Space? There were robots then. That's not a band. It should be. No one's ever going to say fucking no one rocks like Lost in Space. This is from our album Crush, Kill, Destroy. I hope you're going to like it. Good work, man. This is something off the pain. The pain, William, the pain. I thought Maiden was your favorite, Hicks. I'm more Priest. Is there a difference between Maiden and Priest? No. Okay. Well, one has cooler cover art. Oh. Maiden, the mm. crazy demon, devil guy. Uh, Doug, in Ohio, you're in manifest. Yeah, hey, Ronnie B., thanks for taking the call. Hey, Eddie Trunk said several I? times, UFO Ronnie's his favorite band by all time. Well, isn't that kind of metal elitist? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, somebody that never got over in the States, but I love him. Here's somebody you've never heard of, but I love him. Is he like a metal hipster? He is. He's a metal hipster. No, UFO, not ELO. The big difference. Uh, Brian, you're in Fez. Whoops, let me try again. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, fellas, what's up? I was, uh, I don't want this to sound, I don't want this to come out sounding sexual, but I was in the shower this weekend on Saturday. Seriously. And I, uh, was, I was listening to, uh, some of the replays from this past weekend, and it was, it just happened to be when I got out of the shower and I could hear again. The radio, uh, you guys were, the Friday show was on. And Fez, I just want Fez to know, Fez, you, I caught myself laughing, and I stopped for a second, and I said, holy shit, this is, Fez is back. And it was, it was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful thing, Fez. You guys are great. Appreciate Thank you. It was a wonderful thing for me, too. I was hoping to put two in a row together today. 
Hey, Fez, you know what? The one thing that I, one thing that I did think of over the weekend also, you, today you said you're trying to recreate some of the magic from Friday, and I think maybe the one thing that you can't recreate is the visit that you had on Thursday with the secret doctor. Maybe you felt so good from that. But, um, you know, that, that right. That's why I said I was trying to redo some of the work I did in that office. Well, I mean, just, just maybe just letting that out. Just, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you, what right. you divulge, but depending on how much of the secret you divulge, maybe that just made you feel better that you could talk about it. All right. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, I actually didn't talk much in that therapy session. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, back in just a couple of minutes. Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on the virus. So, Roy, let me ask you, what have you been doing all these years? Uh, well, the, the uh, after, after the hand, like, the 80s, <clears throat> drinking. Uh, are you still drinking? No, 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 I, I don't. That's, that's behind me now. I just, why are you fine? I'm gone to detox venture, way down on last breath one. I've been raking leaves with Liza, the air is cleaned up the yard. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Coming up a little later on today, an interview with the director of Get Low. And what's his name, Hicks? Aaron Schneider. Aaron Schneider will be stopping by. Beautifully shot movie, just gorgeous. And Aaron, of course, was cinematographer first. But it's very rare that people make that jump. Yeah, it's, it seems like a big jump, too. I mean, Why? Uh, Let's sc- talk about scouting shots and locations, right? No, you're actually shooting the movie. You're the director of photographer. But it is easier to go from writer to director or even actor to director than it is the person who knows how to operate the camera and understands light, the cinematographer, to director. Well, I mean, maybe it's because the cinematographer is just more technical and director is has to be technical and has to have a vision. That's true. That is true. But, you know, technical, it is a technical game, let's yeah. face it. Look at fucking Chris Nolan. He doesn't have a lot of feeling there. He's all about technical. He's a cold man, cold British man. All right, uh, we are the Run of Fez show. I'm working on a uh, on a new uh, invention that I feel very strongly about. Now, have you ever seen those big brass tubs? I think there is even. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, the Dick commercials where uh, one of the Dick Pill commercials where the two people are sitting in those tubs at the end of the commercial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when you check in a hotel, you love to have a hotel with a great big tub. Fuck yeah. And there's nothing... You don't have to look up that commercial fest. There's nothing more comfortable than a nice, big, deep tub. So comfortable that you can fall asleep in it. My idea now is a bed shaped exactly that way. 
I call it the comfortable canoe, and you just have a bed that is shaped. It's like a little hot pocket for people, and you just sit, sit in it just like you were in a uh, big bathtub, and you fall asleep because one of the problems with fall asleep, I think we would like our arms up. Takes a little bit of pressure off of our shoulders. It's very comfortable. Yeah. It's not just comfortable. It's a comfortable canoe. It's a well-padded canoe. And I think you'd sleep in a baby like that. I like to say it's shaped like your mom's vagina. You're going to sleep. That's womb-like. Holy shit. It is. Get in your womb. I don't know why... We have got the same standard bed as we always have. Your bed looks like George Washington's. Your bed looks like Shakespeare. We can't come up with a better design? Well, I guess the Tempur-Pedic or whatever, the one that moves up and down, is the last great innovation in bed technology. It fits your body. What's that? It fits your body type. No, it's still the same fucking thing. It's flat. They can say whatever you want. It ain't shaped like your body, is it? Where the comfortable canoe you get in it it's like a big fucking bathtub but it's comfortable and you can sleep in it now i'm gonna tell you the truth the same as a regular bathtub i'm not gonna lie to you it's gonna be hard to fucking but why not just say after you have sex now i'm gonna get in my comfortable canoe and then we can make it just a straight fuck bed for people um John, Buffalo, you're in my face. Ronnie, let me run this one past you. What do you think about cup holders? Dude, go into the business. Go into the cup holder business that fits the comfortable canoe. Fantastic. We can make millions. Because I got news for you. I still don't know how I want to pull off the sheet. I don't understand how the sheet's going to fucking work, but I believe in this invention. Now, these things are going to come like king size, twin, or will just be king size, just fucking ball out. I don't know why you need a fucking twin. I don't want a broad in there with me. I want my own. It's just like when you have a chick in a bathtub with you and you're so fucking bored. It's like, what are we, tobogganing? Get the fuck out of here. Why can't you fucking get in after me? For the sheet, you just got to get a giant-ass sheet, right? That yeah, but just... how's it going to keep at the bottom? There's got to be like some kind of hooks on the bottom as well. Yeah, you're going. I think you're really going to need to advance like the fitted sheet. That goes around the mattress. That's just going to have to be bathtub shaped. Well, Velcro. They can have Velcro patches on the inside. There's going to be something like that. Dude, like any idea I have, I don't want to sit around for the fucking details. I want to hit you with a broad idea, and then boom. And then when you don't come through with the details, I'm like, really? You didn't pull this together? I fucking gave you the whole thing. Uh, but I will say this. It does get you out of that, you know, since it's a one-person bed, cuddling will be a fucking thing of the past. Thank God, Jesus. It's so hot. It is fucking hot. And you know what? Let's fucking spread our shit out a little bit. Let's get in a comfortable canoe and relax. Tom, PA, you're in running fest. Ronnie, they have, Fisher-Price has this thing, it's called a baby rockin' sleeper for babies. You get that version for adults, it'd be perfect. I, it is a, you know what, it is kind of crib or bassinet light, like, so I do think that the babies are on to something. Now, why would the baby like something?
but then we would put it behind us. Fuck like- no. And they call it a rockin' sleeper. It's called a rockin' sleeper. My kid didn't, was up every three hours. We got him this. He sleeps through the night. All right, I'm trying to take a look at this online here. It is a, a, along the same fucking ideas. You know, a baby loves to be snug. You ever see how they fucking put a blanket on a baby? I mean, they'll just fucking tighten it up so the baby can't move. Yeah, wrap it up. And then a really tight ski cap to go with that. Won't they put goggles on him? And maybe some kind of fucking discipline ball in his mouth. Um, Dennis, you're in Fez. Hey, guys, I got your improvement to your uh, comfortable canoe, Ronnie. What's that? It, it lays flat originally, so you can still fuck in it. Then you press a button, and certain sections of the bed, because it, it would be built in section sectionals, uh, would raise up like the Craftmatical adjustable bed, and it would form fit uh, as a comfortable canoe. I like the idea that it becomes a lot more comfort, and there's a place to put your fucking arms and lean your head back. And then I think a lot of these guys are going to stop needing those fucking breathing masks. The kind of hard rock Johnny has to wear. You're going to cure fucking sleep apnea with this Thank thing. Thank you. And, and the acid reflux. Everything's going to become better. Uh, mate, you're on a Fez. Ah, uh, Ronnie, Fezzy, I love you guys. Thanks. Hey, I, I just wanted to say uh, best idea since smoke pants. So you Well, you know what? I don't need you blowing smoke up my ass. Well, the pants will do that. Huh? The smoke pants. Uh, Mike, PA. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, I got an expansion to our business. What's uh, that? I think we can come up with a fuck number bed. So you could adjust the bed by the way you fuck and, like, the weight and the uh, energy you expend. So it would be easier to take one. Um, Nathan, you're on Run Fez. Uh, hey, I got a, uh, a problem with the comfortable canoe, though. Yeah, what's that? What, what about people that sleep on their stomach? Oh, fags. That is a fucking something I didn't understand. A lot of those guys like to lay on their stomachs to expose their asshole to the world. They to throw it out there. Let people know. you got to think of it the same way you're going to be in the bathtub. You lay in your stomach in the bathtub, you're going to eventually drown. I guess it's a, uh, a Cialis commercial, right? Where the two people yeah. are in those bathtubs side by side. Maybe you get a nice, comfortable canoe for your fucking broad next to it. After you're done fucking all weekend with dick pills. <laughs> you ever take any of those hicks? Yeah, yeah, I take a Viagra a couple times. Just to fucking be weird? Yeah. I was like, all right, just, just, let's, see, let's see how fucking hard I get. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Matt, everybody in this fucking country, by the way, their name is Matt. What can we do for you? Hey, I was thinking about you can make it like an arm pressure cuff on the sides of it so you can push a button and it'll snug you up and you can get it as tight as you want and maybe add some heat to it also. Yeah, a lot of you guys weren't loved by your mom. You might need this. be great if your couch could even, you know, do this. But, you know, those fucking couches that turn into beds, they've never worked out. No, I have a couch bed and I just sleep on the couch. I don't even bother fucking taking that motherfucker out. It's horrendous, that bar in your back. It is. That's one of the best things fucking Larry David ever did, 
was the fucking bar on the back. That fucking bit that he did, where Elaine was dying from it. Because that's happened. My mom has one of those. Well, the mattress with the fold-out bed is basically as thick as a pancake. That is really about all the softness you get to it. I stayed at my mom's house, right? I fucking bitched about that, and she goes like this. Oh, really? It's awful. I go, yeah, it's terrible. She goes, that's funny. You gave me that fucking couch that goes into a bed. I go, doesn't mean I want to fucking sleep there. I hate when I'm wrong like that. I hate when I get caught in a fucking double lie. The worst thing that could happen to me. Larry David has come up with so many fucking brilliant things that have happened in real life. You're kind of the new Larry David, Fez, because you like to bring up uncomfortability in the um, elevators and mm-hmm. standing online. What was your latest online? Um, I'm not sure. Everybody laughed at the girl. Oh, yeah. You didn't, right? Yeah, the guy's joke about having kids. I'm in line the other day at Staples, and a woman is getting a box of fucking pens, right? So this really long, wide receipt, like about fucking 14 inches long and about fucking five inches wide. They handed this. She goes like this. Well, this sure is one big receipt for just a box of pens. Entire fucking line burst up. And I think to myself, this is just like what Fez talks about. Yeah. Because let's face it. Line humor. It's not that funny of a line, but I guess uh, my way of thinking now is anything that's slightly funny is a nice lift out of this. So uh, I'm getting some stuff. I get the giant receipt like this, and I go like this. This receipt's almost as big as my dick. Crickets. Really? So then I go, ah, not really, because who would even want a 14-inch dick that's five inches across? I go, what am I going to do? End up fucking a hippo? Again, crickets. So finally, I go like this. While I'm out of here, I don't want to spend my time with a bunch of staple fags. I made them feel bad about shopping at Staples. They didn't laugh at that, though? They didn't laugh at nothing. But really, isn't that kind of funny? This receipt's almost as big as my dick. Now, obviously, again, no one's going to have a 14-inch fucking dick that's five inches across. That would be disgusting. be like trying to fuck a woman with a goddamn, you know, fire hose. It'd be fucking, it would be ridiculous. Was this a 9-11 fuck? Anyway, that's not the whole fucking point. The point of the story is this, Fez. I tried to relate to you for a second. Uh-huh. I tried to say I was at a fucking store and saw someone get a laugh. And all I'm seeing you do is fucking lock up back looking at me. They should just, you know, instead of working on their routines, they should just keep the line moving. No, it's it's not. It is a part of life. And, you know, I get it completely. I didn't before that you said it. Mm-hmm. But now that I look over, it's almost like... Movies or TV shows on an airplane don't have to be as good. When you see a movie on an airplane, I don't know whether it's because you're up in the fucking world, you'll be fucking laughing hard, or, I'm not even kidding about this, 
if there's even slightly anything sentimental in a movie in an airplane, you start to well up. Like if they fucking showed any movie uh, where something happened to a kid or a dog, you might start crying on an airplane. You're just more sensitive. In the same way, you'll fucking laugh harder. One time I'm in an airplane, we're watching King of Queens, and me and the guy next to me fucking high-fived. We were like, fuck, this fucking King of Queens is some funny shit. Now, I don't know that fucking, I don't know that TV show so well. But I doubt very much in, in the history of the King of Queens that two people have ever high-fived. I mean, some other fucking guy were like, yeah. And I actually fucking went like this. His wife is so fucking funny. She's on his dick constantly. But I don't know what it is. Something affects you when you're in a somewhat uncomfortable situation. So if you're in a tight fucking Pringles can, um, two miles above the earth, you might think to yourself, any fucking relief I get, I'm going to give the satisfaction back to. I got news for you. If you could fucking do stand-up in an airplane, people might think you're the funniest fucking guy in the world. Or any kind of sensitive story. But even thinking of it like a friendship way. Like, haven't you ever been on an airplane? You're talking to this fucking person next to you, and you think to yourself... What a fucking great person. I don't think I'm going to be fucking friends with this person for a long time. Can't wait to get their phone number. Yeah. And seriously, you've fucking done an airplane trip. You're like this. You give the fucking handshake and we'll hug. You're like, all right, my man. Take fucking care of yourself now. You're all right. You're going to get that fucking sale. You are. I feel good about this trip. So I, I kind of now think, uh, Fez, to pull you back into this shit. That's what the line does. You're in an uncomfortable situation. You're like, oh, God, I fucking hate being in line. And now someone said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take a step up. I'm going to go for the joke here. You're going to give back with some appreciation. It's just like if I have any friend doing an after dinner fucking speech thing. I had this with Earl the other night. I'm going to give him a <laughs> It's true. It's true. I'll give him the laugh. Fall by that's true, and I like if that guy does like a fucking joke, like in a uh, if there's a business meeting, and um, somebody says something like they'll say something about Hicks, I'll fucking laugh and then point at Hicks during that meeting. Like there he is, there's the fucking guy whose name just got mentioned. Uh, Frank, Frank, you're on Run Fest. Hey, hey, Ron. I remember as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, we used to, you know, every Friday or so, they would take you to, you know, we were in Catholic school, and you'd have to go to church. Yeah. And something something would happen. And it wouldn't be fun, but for whatever the case may be, me and my boys would be there, hysterical laughing, get out of school, get out of church, half hour later. What the fuck were we laughing at? I know. When we were there, but when we were there, we were dying. We couldn't, we couldn't hold it in. When you're there, it's the funniest shit you ever heard in your life. And the reason why those jokes and fuck were funny in church is because you could not laugh. Laughing was not allowed. So just the thought of laughing started making you laugh a little bit. In school, it was like that, where it would it would not mean anything. I just stare. I just catch a look from someone and just start losing my shit. 
not even be able to hold in the laughter over nothing at all. Well, because here's another thing. Everything gets heightened in that situation. Just like you were in the school uh, or like even at work, this works. A girl is much more fuckable at work if you work with her because you can't fuck at work. That's known. So because of that, she suddenly looks hotter. Now, see that same girl from work out of the club, you're like, oh, fuck, I thought she was hot. Like, you fucking tell your friends, um, I'm fucking taking out this chick from work. She's so fucking hot. God damn it, I want this fucking broad. Then you take her out and you see your friends, and your friends are always like, what, that chick? You're like, yeah, I know. I go, at work, she's really fucking hot. I don't know what happened when I brought her out here. And then they'll have to point out to you. Well, it's like being in fucking prison. Um... 866 run zero fez, 866 run zero fez. Um, bike, biker, you're on a fez. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Bonnie, I, I don't know if you realized it, but I think you stumbled onto something that could be quite profitable, like improv in the air. You know, you have an airlines, and then you've got a bunch of comedians up there doing half hour skits. You fly right across the country and not even realize it. Well, the, you would, and again, the audience is going to be there for you because it's like the third level of Inception. Everything is like fucking changed a little bit. Um, Improv Air, I don't know if I agree with the name for the airline. It just sounds like the pilot's going to go to any destination that he wants to. Um, that could be one of the jokes. You see that, Fezzy? You're working at Improv Air. Uh, Andrew, you're on Fez. Could be a lot of airplane jokes mm -hmm. on the airplane. Well, that that was my point. How about if you're doing stand-up but only airplane humor? You know, like what about these peanuts? You're like, literally picking the peanuts up. What are there's like six peanuts in here? And what do you got to open them up with? Dynamite? What's with the two finger pointing? What is going on here? The nice part is they already have that curtain. Where you separate first class from coach. You're fucking killing on these hack jokes, Fuzzy. Perfect for you. Get the bow tie out in the blue suit. You're back. <laughs> Toby, run a fez. Yeah, Mr. B, you know when, you, when, you, uh, when you're in class or even at work or something and, and you, you get a crack out of something and somebody tells you to stop laughing? You never can stop. You can't no, stop. No, it is true. Just... It's like a laugh at a funeral. Yeah, yeah, you got Sometimes you got to just look over and see your fucking aunt. You'll start laughing at a funeral. And she's the one in the box. Um, you're back, Fezzy. You were off before, you're back now. Mm -hmm. Chris, Arizona, you're running Fez. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Yeah. I think uh, I think for the same reason, like, if you ever get, get on a plane with a girl, you kind of turn her out quick because, again, heightened situations... Close quarters, like I've flown from Philadelphia to Arizona a bunch of different times. If you ever sit next to a girl, you can get into a situation where you can definitely make out with this girl, or you know, take her into the back. Or you, you know, will do better with a chick on a fucking plane than anywhere else in the world. There's no fucking doubt about it. Women are like. I'm so fucking bored up here in the air. Do me a favor. Hit on me. And make sure you rub against me while you're talking to me. Again, it's almost like uh, 
It was almost like a school fucking trip where you would sit next to a chick on a fucking bus. You would do great there. And you'd start lounging on each other. You couldn't fucking pull that off in the real world. I think that might also have something to do with the time limit. You know you have a, like a two-hour flight to make your move on that girl if you're interested. And you've basically gone into the two-minute drill. But her thing is, I want you to. She's given off the immediate, let's just fucking, you know, distract me. But if in real life she's got other things going on. I'm telling you, I bet you could pick up a ton of women on a fucking submarine. I bet you could. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Dave, you're on a fez. You know, it's really impossible to not laugh when there's a room full of people and it's quiet and somebody farts. Well, that's because you haven't been in a room with this fucking sulfur, sulfur fez Whiteley. I'm on medications that make me on the gassy side. And it's happened that I'm asked? Mm -hmm. Yes, it did. And that fucking whiff has made its way to the front of the room. Why were you talking during unmasked the other day? Um, I was looking to Chris Stanley. I was giving him a signal. He wasn't picking up on it. The signal was you speaking. Yeah, it's I, I tried a nod at first. Do you know how many unmasks in a row this is now? Um, I think we're like up to like 38. No. How many times that this is going on when you've had some kind of thing there? No. From the drop piece and then the, the whispering? Four straight now. I had no idea. Well, don't you notice when I give you the look? You look crushed when I give you the look. Yeah, I remember the look, but I didn't know I had done it that many times. It's always this thing. Questions are coming up. I always know that when we're getting closer to audience questions, because I'll start near this, and me and the fucking guy start to look over. And it's just at Fez. Everybody else in the audience wrapped attention. Fez is tired ass. Grass. I'm going to use the microphone. Questions. Did anyone smell my sulfur fart? That I've been slipping out. Maybe we just need to change you to sit next to him. So that if you guys talk, you're next to each other. Right. Um, Kevin, you're on my face. Oh, uh, hello? Yeah. Oh, hey, um... Yeah, they, they don't let um, women serve on sub because uh, they're too easy to pick up on them. That's true. I'm talking about sub travel for fucking normal people. I'm not going to fucking join the military just to get a woman trapped on a fucking sub. I honestly started thinking that we need more fucking... Like, ferry rides should all be in subs. That'd be awesome. I'd love to go on a submarine. Sounds cool. you never been down in a sub before? No, I've never been in a submarine before. I'm from Queens. I know, but I know you like moving blow from fucking one continent to another. Have you ever been on a sub? I heard this at the last MS. Hex, Hex, what are your favorite condiments? Mayonnaise. You're crazy. For me, mustard goes with everything. 
You could put mustard on a hot dog. You could put it on sauerkraut. You could put it on a hamburger. I mean, yeah, you don't want mustard on a chicken sandwich, but still. What is the whispering about? You guys are going to start texting each other. Right. Do we want Franklin in or out? Do we make up our mind? You know, on one hand, I really would like the easy win. I, I'm, I'm really leaning towards yes. The easy win isn't as easy as you thought with Franklin last year. He actually did pretty good. I know, but I mean, I, I, I know. I don't think I had a problem with him. I don't think I lost to him. I think a lot of people didn't like him for personality reasons. I'm still thinking out. How come? Oh, because you and him had that fight? Yeah. Well, yeah, when I said personality problems, you were the one who said you didn't want him in the league this year. I was trying to keep that as the owner's committee. Grass. I know Ron's doing a mess. Don't you wish Franklin wasn't in our league? I don't know. I don't have as big a problem with him as you do. Questions are coming up. Is it always about the questions? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Introduce me. Radio Shark. <laughs> hey, Ron, if you shop at that Staples more often... You could save on toilet paper. Is that one of their big things? Yeah, that'll get some tape. You can make a G-string. Hey, I'll be here, I'll be here all day, all week, folks. All right, there hey, he is. Every... There he is, the radio right, shark. Hey, me some more. There, there he is, the radio shark. What happened, Fizz? I got a text. What did it say? It says, it's from you, and it says questions coming up. Questions are coming up. Okay. Look at his, uh, John from Sports Grumblings. Hey, John. Hey, Big Ronnie B. It's football season, fantasy football getting ready. Listen, I know there were shenanigans last year. There were a lot of cheaters all lined up against you last year. So this year I'm going to offer to be the commissioner of your league, make impartial rulings, fair and clear, right down the middle. John, um... Have you gotten called back from Sirius yet? Yes, I did. Uh, we were actually in over the weekend to do a uh, a test show right by the studio there. Ran into little Jimmy Norn. It was an outstanding experience. Now, you would then take your fantasy uh, programming uh, to an international audience. Uh, I would it's also, that big now. Yes, it, it's it's blowing up, and I really want to thank the folks at SiriusXM for giving us the opportunity. Nothing, uh, nothing, no decisions reached yet, but we were just happy for the tryout. Give me a name of somebody that I could grease the wheels with a little bit. Um, Steve Cohen, I guess, would be the PD of the channel. All right. I'm going to stop by and tell him some good things about you. I appreciate it. You're, you're the king among gentlemen, Mr. Bennington. Now, remember that when you're making these rulings over the course of the season. 
fair and down the middle, you know, just like class. When we get a little closer, I want you to give me some uh, fake, some people that no one knows are going to have good seasons. Right. And uh, it seems like in our league, running backs do better than quarterbacks for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yep, they should be. Cause, and, and this year, we're saying that you should go out and grab. Last year, we told your wide receivers. This year, we're telling you run, running backs have to rule the rules this year. All right. I appreciate it, John. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. I'm going to grab T.O. again. T.O. is going to be fantastic on that Cincinnati team. By the way, Hard Knocks is coming up in just a couple weeks. It's the uh, New York Jets football club this year. It's going to be on Hard Knocks. And over the weekend, there was an eight-hour or maybe even nine-hour Joe Schmo marathon that I was enjoying uh, fucking pillar to post. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw it. It was just always on all fucking day long. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was the greatest show in the history of television. Joe Schmo, the guy who went on this reality game show, not knowing that everybody else was an actor. Now, Fez, you remember when we watched that, right? Uh-huh. It wasn't that many years ago. No, it didn't seem like it. Do you know that one of the cast members has already went on to fame and fortune? No, I didn't know that. You don't know that one of the cast members is uh, a major star now? No, I'm trying to remember all the characters that they had, all the reality stereotypes they had in the house with them. I will uh, give you a hint. It was the doctor. Remember there was like uh, a female kind of psychiatrist doctor on there? Right. And uh, the Hutch Fucker made her a three orgasms. Okay. I, I still don't remember her, though. It was Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live. Wow, I had no idea. Well, now you do have an idea. Yeah, I didn't even know it until I watched it over the weekend. It's the funniest fucking thing that ever happened. And at the end of it, he just becomes a crying bastard. So they gave him $100,000 and the opportunity uh, to do stuff with Spike TV after that. And you know what Joe Smo did? No. What? He went into an apartment, drank, smoked dope, didn't come out of the apartment, and then finally went back to... Uh, Pittsburgh. I read a thing about him on the internet. He said if he had to do over again, he never would have done that show. Really? He, he felt like an asshole, and he never felt like that before in his life. He felt like they made a moron out of him. Aw. I feel bad for Joe Schmo now. Yeah. The fucking show ended up being mean to him. Um, you got that cash, though. Uh, Andy, you're on a fez. Hey, 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 buddy. Uh, there was also another guy in that show that uh, went on to stardom. The Hutch. The guy with the goatee. Yeah, the Hutch. Yeah, he's on... Uh, always uh, Sunny. Sunny in Philadelphia, yeah. Rickety Cricket. But he's not always on there, right? He's only done like eight or nine episodes, I think. Yeah, yeah, but that's a lot. I mean... For who? Hi, Fez. How are you today? Good, buddy. Thank you. All right, bye. Matt. Another Matt. You're on Fez. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, uh, I just want to let Fezzy know, Fezzy, you are knocking it out of the park today, buddy. I mean, Fezzy is back. I got a uh, got a quick question for you, Fezzy. What's that? You have any kids? 
No, I don't have any kids. I'm still just practicing. That was the joke from the pharmacy line I was in. That people at the drugstore just seemed to love. I'm going to be on $100 Dreams tonight, going for the Wii. I have not won in a while since my initial run of two prizes in a row. But just to let everyone know that uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, I'm going for the Wii system on $100Dreams.com. Who won over the weekend, Fizz? Oh, um, Crotch Critter's wife won. What'd she win? She won a 32-inch Samsung HD TV set for herself. 32? Not yeah. B- not bigger? No, 32 inches is what it was. The mm. Samsung. Well, how long are these? These what? These TVs. You're surrounded by ATVs. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how big those are. I'm thinking they're probably like 35s. So they go up every three inches? I, I, I don't know. All right, why don't we take a break here? When we get back, uh, we should have a director coming in of a new movie that you, you'll want to see, uh, Get Low, with the great, great Robert Duvall, who's been phenomenal in so many fucking roles in his life. So many roles in his life. I'm not even sure what would be considered the best one. What would it be for you, Fez? I would say um, in The Godfather. Really? Yeah. So he peaked 40 years ago. I, I, I just thought that one was excellent. What about for you, Hicks? Oh, The Apostle was pretty goddamn amazing. That was phenomenal. That was like his fucking film, and he just, just destroyed it. He was yeah, just I mean, so he was amazing. in every fucking scene in that. You know, his first uh, thing was Kill Mockingbird. He was Boo Radley. Uh, and I believe he may have even been in True Grit. I can't remember if it was him or Dennis Hopper in True Grit. Uh, Network was phenomenal in Network. Apocalypse Now. Great Santini. Oh, shit, yes. Fabulous. He was in True Grit. True Grit. Uh, so there's a fucking gigantic movie no one even brings up. He was in it. He was in MASH. The original fucking MASH. Oh, yeah, it's Frank Burns. Uh, the Apostle. Uh, one of my favorite is wrestling uh, Ernest Hemingway. Perfect in that. Um, Todd, Detroit, you're in Ronnie by far, Augustus McRae from Lonesome Dog, man. He fucking rode in there and killed every last one of those filthy Indians. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, Todd. I've never seen Lonesome Dove. It was a TV fucking thing. Uh, but he says the same as you. It's his favorite role that he's ever done. Um, Jay, Long Island, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Good. It's going to say I uh, won the Amazon Kindle $100 Dreams. I uh, whooped Bez's ass. I don't think he really knows what he's doing too much on that site. He started off strong. You won the first two, and you have just screwed the pooch ever since, Fezzy. I have not won yet. I'm going to try a little different strategy tonight. I actually got an email today 
Uh, did you put that in here, Fez? Uh-huh. About $100 dreams. Um, and it is the website that Fez, for some reason, everybody who seems to be winning is around a Fez person. Uh, this one just writes this. All right. I just tried $100 dreams. Fuck you. Fuck Fez for doing this to me. I was so fucking close to pushing that button, but I didn't because I figured someone else would. But no, I'm so goddamn mad right now. The whole thing can't be good for Fez. He's going to have a fucking stroke sitting there playing this fucking shit. The fact that he won, he must be hooked. And now not winning, it's a fucking problem, Ron. In an hour and ten minutes, I'm going for the Xbox. If I don't win it, I'm going on a Fucking tear like you wouldn't believe. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't believe... I don't need this. Signed disgruntled fan. Although his real name was Trevor. Um, here's the problem. Fez told us it was an auction. Seems to be closer to gambling to me. Tom, Wyoming. Ran a Fez show. And my old man, when I was a little kid, he made me watch the great Santini to make... Sure that he wasn't as bad as that dude, man. Robert Duvall was perfect in that movie. It was unbelievable in that. Unbelievable. Peace. Felix, Florida, Yarmouth Fez. Yeah, Ron. I mean, he was good in colors. He was good in colors with the great Sean Penn. He may be our greatest living actor. I think you got to look at he and Gene Hackman. And I don't think Hackman's making any more movies. Doesn't look like it. He hasn't made one. This is about the replacements, I guess. Ouch. <laughs> I think he did a comedy with Ray Romano. Ouch. You guys are just trying to destroy me and give this straight out to DeVal. DeVal's in another fucking great role. Uh, small, small movie, of course, Get Low. And once again, he nails it. We're going to have the director uh, coming on in just a little bit. We'll... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen this one yet, huh, Fez? No, I tried it over the weekend. It was sold out in New York. Well, why don't you go to the screenings when I go? I might have to see a screening today after work. I can't hear back from the grills. I don't know whether they want to go or whether they don't want to go. I got Hicks waiting on the end of the on the end of the seat for it. But I gotta say where my grills at. Where my grills at. But right away, they're bitching like, this thing comes up at the last second. What about all of our plans? So don't you want to go over to the MTV building and watch a fucking movie? Come on, man. I like that. Speaking of which, you see Bronx Johnny was in here the other day? Yeah, he was chilling. Apparently, there's something uh, happening between him and Angel Fuck. Really? She said he's like a brother to her. Wow. That's close. So he's really getting some nice hot relationships going. Is she still with Balzac? I believe so, yes. But I didn't hear about this brotherhood thing with uh, Johnny. It's the brotherhood of the herb. You know how weed smokers are. They could I, fucking get along with Mussolini if you had fucking weed. I have 420 every day, all right. You smoke pot every day? Almost every day. I'll fucking smoke a bowl or whatever at night. Just sitting there by yourself? Yeah. And what do you do? What? Read stuff on the internet. 
just fuck around on the internet. Download bootlegs. <laughs> Rewatch old movies. Uh, Jimmy, I'm running first. Hey, how's it going, guys? My favorite Duvall movie of all time, probably maybe not his best, but my favorite, is The Great Northfield, Minnesota Raid. He played Jesse James, who was like an evangelist. Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know this fucking film. It was. Uh, I went to see it because he knocked me out in The Godfather. So it was early seventies, kind of. And he was this uh, really religious, wacko, Bible reading Jesse James. It was unbelievable. I, I've, I'm telling you the truth. I've never heard of this film. It was not a hit, but he was incredible. Jim, you might have, you know, you might have given me a life changer. I'm gonna look this <laughs> that up. That would be my dream. That would be my dream, Ronnie. All right, peace. peace. This sounds very exciting. Um, I lost them. Somebody wanted to bring up Days of Thunder, which was gonna make me laugh and point at Hicks for all the shitty movies. It's my favorite NASCAR movie. Um, Jim, what do you got? Hey, my favorite uh, Robert Duvall movie. What's that? The Natural. Hang on to that water wagon, old timer. <laughs> why were the fuck? Why were they so mean to the Natural's coach? They just fucking swarmed that guy. His little guy that was taking him out there. Yeah, it's coming. They just act like he was the biggest juicer of all time. This is how I feel about Fez sometimes. You like the fucking whammer, Fez. I can just get three pitches by you. What's your streak at now? Um, it's back down to zero. Or is it at one? Maybe Friday you bro you broke up your fucking, you know, your crazy streak that you had going for like three, four weeks. Uh, Ed, you're on the run of Fez show. What about Apocalypse Now? It's a damn good movie. Some people... Believe it or not, bus balls like Duval was overacting in that. Get the fuck out of here. That's exactly right. I love that smell. That gasoline smell that you get. It smells like victory. Look at the way the waves are breaking out there. You ride a longboard. I'm surprised to hear that. Thought all the young guys had the shortboards. Charlie, don't surf. Never saw this one, Fez? No, I didn't see that. Never saw Apocalypse Now? No. Oh, it's great. You like it. The Joker and the Riddler chasing Batman. Uh, Don, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie? Yeah. Hey, you know that movie that Duvall was in that I really liked? It was the one with Costner. Where in the, towards the end of the movie, they're in a big shootout, Duvall and Costner. And Costner didn't want to die until he knew Duvall's real name. And it was like Blue Bonnet or something. And I thought that movie was a pretty good movie. Mm. I don't want to see it when it's edited for TV, and that means they take out all the Costner roles. Call that fucking edited for Bennington. Hicks, you're a big Costner fan, aren't you? Love Waterworld. Guy had a fucking vagina behind his ear. Yeah, but apparently pussies breathe in the water, I guess. I guess they do. Then Dennis Hopper was smoking cigarettes in an oil tanker. Very they're weird. just pictures of Dennis Hopper's house because they're going to go and sell all the art. Oh. He lived in this fucking house with no windows. 
That's fucking crazy. It was and it, like just gorgeous art. I think he had to do it because he, it was like living in an art gallery. Like he had hundreds of millions of fucking paintings in there. Jesus. Um, let's go over here to Paul Yerman first. Hey, Ronnie, I got the Vault film uh, falling down. Oh yeah, it was going to be his last day. I tell you, a lot of times it's always supposed to be his last day at stuff. Guy in typecast is like an old guy who wants to retire. He was always old. Yeah. When he was 17, he's like this. Well, you're going to have to retire soon. My first day in the job. Yeah, colors. He was supposed to. It was his last day. Every day. Devout your last day. I think, you know, we, we saw this fucking new film get low. My, we're leaving there. And he's just great at it. And my chick is like, uh, I think. This could be his best fucking film. I'm like, uh, I think that's impossible to say. There's so many great ones. I mean, Fez brought up Godfather. And when you think of the Godfather, you think of Brando first. Then you think of uh, Al Pacino. Then you think of James Caan. But while you're doing that, the vow was fucking great. In a thankless, non-Italian role. Oh, the Alamo, did you hear the Alamo Draft House is going to have a screening of Godfather 2 at the end of the summer on like a rooftop in uh, Little Italy. Do you realize that every fucking body in town is doing those rooftop screenings now? It's driving me crazy. Yeah, it's happening a lot. It, you're taking any kind of fun out of it. Taking away the mystique. How do you get up on a rooftop in Little Italy anyway? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. They're not very big or sturdy. No, there's no elevators because all those buildings oh, are walk -ups. old. So everything's a walk-up. Find out where it's going to be. And what you got to do to get in there. This is going to be funny. Um... Jeff, here on my face. Hey, buddies, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, how about uh, Robert Duvall in the paper? There's a ton of uh, stars in that too. Um, let's go over here to uh, Jack of Vermont. Here on my face. Oh, hey, I just uh, watched the uh, Jeff Bridges movie uh, Crazy Art over the weekend, and that Duvall, fucking total character actor, unbelievable guy. Yeah, I didn't really like him so much in Crazy Heart. Oh, really? I thought he was real stand-up and just uh, total straightforward middle America. I thought he was really cool. I definitely want to rewatch Crazy Heart. I only saw it the first time, and I loved it. And then, of course, we had the kid who wrote the song. Little Ryan Bingham. You adore that kid now, don't you, Hicks? Hey, that guy's nasty. He's good. And that it's going to be at 350 Grand Street, Little Italy, on the fucking rooftop there. How much is it? It's free. They're doing it all over the country. They're doing, like, RoboCop in Detroit. They're doing, uh... Yeah, I know all that. But, Frey, how are you supposed to get up on the fucking roof there? I don't know. I guess it's fuck first come, first serve. I don't want to be stuffed up on a roof in the heat of the day waiting for 12 hours to see fucking Godfather. I can just watch it at my house. What's going on over there, Taps? Um, I, w I was trying to find the address. I couldn't find it. I just saw Grand Street is all... Oh, it's going to be on the roof of a high school, the new design high school. 
So I guess you'll have a little sturdiness there. Oh, when we're talking, maybe I'd meet some chicks. Uh, Thomas, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. I don't know if you heard this yet, but I guess her, uh, Matthew Broderick is uh, going to shoot Godfather 4 with nothing but Jews. Yeah, pal of mine is supposed to play a cop in that. I hope he's good, though. I don't know. He's not always the best actor. He feels weird, don't it? He probably just did it for his agent. You're taking the pots! You're taking the pots! You're taking the pots! Uh, Jason, you're in front of us. Afternoon, Mr. B. Hey, I was wondering if you've seen The Road with Viggo Mortensen. You can't even tell that Duvall's playing that old man in the movie until I saw the credits at the end. Yeah. And we all know it was him. Uh, Jamie, you're running Fez. Hey, buddies. Uh, you're missing a big one. Tender Mercies. He won the Oscar for he it. He did win the Oscar for that. That's his Crazy only Oscar. Ha- Crazy Heart was a little bit derivative. Well, and I mean, you know how many times that thing has been done, though? That kind of uh, um, the uh, old guy with one less fucking song left in me. I mean, it's kind of the Rocky story. And he really uh, went to rehab. He gave up the drinker pretty easily. It's really, once he's going to rehab, next Duval's picking him up. It's like, hey, all right, I wrote some more songs. It's going to work out now. You think you should have been harder for him? I've been fucking drinking hard for a long time. What do you want to see, DTs? Yeah, I want to see Crazy Hard all fucked up. Uh, Pat, what do you got? Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? What's going on, Fezzy? Uh, Robert Duvall's great even in the television films he does. Uh, Broken Trail with Thomas Hayden Church was directed by Walter Hill. Really great Western. Excellent stuff. I think that was a Lonesome Dove sequel. Uh, actually, it's not a Lonesome Dove film. A lot of people thought it was because of Duvall being involved with it. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Appreciate it, Pat. Thanks. I didn't even see the Lonesome Dove. Did you, Fezzy? Um, I had watched some, I didn't stick with it, but I had, I had, I had seen some of it when I, I think it was on CBS. And they had Robert Duvall as the real old guy. They had, a, you know, white beard. They basically had him looking like a cowboy Santa Claus. When did, when was this made? Oh, I think it was maybe early nineties. I don't I didn't say it. I don't watch uh, a lot of TV movies. All right, we'll break here. We'll come back with the uh, director of the new movie starring uh, Robert Duvall. It's another one of his films. Looks like he's going to get nominated yet again. He's strong in it, and in about just about every fucking scene along Bill Murray's in this film. Uh, says he's Spacek. Uh, and the little kid from Sling Blade all grown up. I forget his name. Uh, back in just a few moments to run a fish show. Serious 197 XM 202. The virus. The Ron and Fez show. An evening is nice. I hurry to my new heaven. I turn to the right 
A little white light will lead you to my blue heaven. A smiling face, a fireplace, a cozy room. A little nest that's nestled where the roses bloom. Just mommy and me. And baby makes three. We're happy and mine. Aaron Snyder, welcome uh, to the show. And right off the bat, congratulations. I uh, saw the film the other night, and I think it's one of those films first shot on. You're connected. As soon as you almost see the first couple shots of the film, you, you just uh, join into the journey. That's great. Thank you. Uh, and what a cast you yeah. put together. You've got this very strange, really different kind of story, and... Even as I was watching this film, I was thinking, this film could have been shot in just about any decade of the last, you know, 50, 60 years. And, uh, but the cast of people you put together for this is just extraordinary. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Mm. Um, I think uh, it's a testament to the screenplay, which, which Dean and I worked very hard on, mm -hmm. um, making it worthy of, you know, Robert's performance, what we knew he could do. And, and I think a lot of the actors were really excited to work with Bobby. Well, it's uh, it's a true. It's based on a true story. That's right. That goes back when nineteen thirties, nineteen. Yeah, mid thirties. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a hermit living in East Tennessee in the hills. His only companion was a mule, and he suddenly rode out of the hills and told the town's preacher and funeral home director he wanted a funeral while he was still alive. And we didn't, you know, we did some research. I actually met a couple of the real-life characters that are portrayed in the movie, and um, got a, I learned a lot about the event and a lot of interesting historical trivia. But the mystery that kept that no one could answer was why he did it. Mm. And that's kind of what became the jumping-off point for the for the narrative, for the fictional narrative. Um, it was an interesting hook, but why would somebody do something like right. that? Right. Yeah. And you. Uh... The place that you took it back to the screenplay is because he just couldn't forgive himself uh, for something that took place, and I don't think that's as I don't think that's a rare thing that happens with with people. Um, I remember meeting people when I was a little kid. There would be like, you know, this is your uncle. Something happened a long time ago. Don't bother him. Yeah, don't talk about, about it. it. And I thought, what a strange thing. And now as I get older, I completely relate to that because I've seen it happen with friends and we all, I think each of us have our own thing like that. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what attracted me to the project, actually, is the, is the way that, um, first, the way, you know, a tragedy or something, something um, you know, a sense of loss, really taking your life in a different direction. You know, the mm -hmm. idea that we're all, you know, accumulation of, the experiences we've had in our lives and sometimes we don't even realize that our lives we live them based on the past right and i like that idea and then i like the idea of a character who realizes that who who after 40 years gets to a point where he figures out that there is something to reconcile and he takes a takes real positive action and very strange and unique action yeah. to to right the wrong and yet uh and of course you don't want to give anything away but it still comes down to a form of confession, whether it's used in psychology, whether it's used in religion, 
or even something like AA. I don't know why it is if people just say that I've had this thing inside of me and here's who it is and they have to do it with another person. That's right. I, I wonder why that there's this, uh, a release there. Well, I, I think because, you know, life, life is about, you know, the measure of your life is, I think, other people, mm-hmm. the people that you love and the people, you know, and, you know, life is measured by, um, by, by, you know, your experiences and, and people accepting those experiences mm-hmm. um, becomes very important. Um, so we need other people to exactly somehow. Accept. I think that's why confession is so so powerful. Right. Uh, if we can if we can confess and be forgiven and understood, you know, then there's peace. And it's odd sometimes. Like you'll have uh, somebody say something to you, like a friend, and they'll be like, you know, when I was a kid, something happened. There's something so awful. You find that they push somebody off a bike. You know, and they've been holding. Them. You're like, wait, this isn't as big as you're letting on. But there is growth. Right. inside if you keep it inside and even in the in the film what felix was uh keeping in is somewhat debatable about how responsible he is you know right. i mean there's responsibility but i guess that you were part of a situation but should he have been carrying this around yeah. as much as he needed to well without giving too much of it away um you know it's it's about the jail he created for himself. Right. You know whether or not people f- on paper people find that. Uh, you know they find that. Uh, you know as shocking as as they would today as they would back in the thirties wasn't mm-hmm. really the point so much as the fact that he'd made that he'd made the decision right. to punish himself. You know that and that was actually the debate we were all having after the film of how much of what we carry you know, really belongs to us in the first place. And a lot of times, you know, uh, other people wouldn't uh, even hold on to it so strongly. Uh, Robert Duvall, this is one of the things that got said to me uh, by my chick after the movie, and she goes, I think that was Robert Duvall's best role. (laughs) And I'm like, well, it's so hard to tell now because he's got about 10, 15 roles that he's done in his life that's probably above everybody else. But... I don't think that there's a debate that he's our greatest living actor today. I agree. I'm not, I'm not even sure that we could even get into that discussion. Yeah. Uh, there's so many of them. Was he the first one that you were able to attract to the screenplay? Absolutely. But he was, he was actually associated with the project when Dean Zanuck hired me. He had been, Dean had contacted uh, Robert Duvall and his producing partner, and, and Robert had expressed interest in the role, mm-hmm. uh, general interest in the character, the idea. And then, um, you know, Dean brought me on and it became our, you know, it became our responsibility to develop it into something that was going to inspire him to be a part of it. So they actually say, we have this true story. Would you like to take a shot at the screenplay? And then the screenplay comes back in a way, I guess, that those guys, uh, you know, even the other producers would have no idea you take it that way. And then you need everybody to sign off on it together. Yeah, it was it started out as an original screenplay. Um, by Chris Provenzano, mm-hmm. and and then uh, and Bobby did see that script and and liked it, and then I came on and and Dean and I made the decision to uh, develop it further, and I brought on another a writer, a friend of mine, a mentor, Charlie Mitchell, mm-hmm. and Charlie and I went out to the farm to 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 uh, Bobby's farm and sat with him and and you know made the development process personal with him because um, we wanted to know everything he had to say right. and feel about it. 
and and then we all sat down and and uh, and turned it into the screenplay that you saw. And he's such a serious man in his acting. Is he a serious man in real life? Is he? Is it all about work with him or? No, he's uh, yeah on the set. He's very professional. Yeah. He's very focused and and uh, knows exactly what he wants to do, um, and uh, likes to do one or two takes mm. because he's prepared and and ready to go. That's really interesting. Yeah, and um, but in real life, he's a blast. You know, we we just had dinner the other night, and uh, he loves his food. He loves uh, he loves to eat food. He loves to talk about food. It's mm -hmm. it's one of his passions. So he's uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, you got an actor in this film that um, is almost mysterious now, Bill Murray, because people yeah. don't know how to reach him, how to get him on projects, or why he picks the projects that he does. How did you guys pull off getting Murray in the film? Well, we he, Bill had always been on our wish list, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but a weird thing happens when you think of Bill Murray for a role. You sort of go, yeah, and then you sort of say, well, you know. But that that'd be nice. Why don't we put that away? Yeah. Because you just don't really think of him as attainable. Um, and as Dean Zanuck tells the story, on a whim he called up um, after we discussed him. On a whim he just called up uh, Bill's one representative, an attorney, and said, "How do you get into the Bill Murray business?" And the attorney said very politely, "Well, it's you can't. It's you not can't very, do it." Yeah. But if you send me a synopsis of your project, I'll forward it, and chances are you won't hear anything. And again, as Dean tells the story, he he, he didn't even do anything for a few weeks um, until one day he he decided, uh, well, you know, let's take our shot at the lottery. And we and he sent uh, the synopsis, and sure enough, uh, it got forwarded. And two two weeks later, there was a message on on the office machine yeah. from Bill. He does all his own, you know, communication. And uh, he said, yeah, this looks interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, we were playing it back and forth, you know, making sure it wasn't a hoax. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, he gave us a P.O. box to send a script. And we were jumping up and down with joy. And then we sort of realized, well, now what? Mm. Um, and uh, another three, four weeks went by. And he called up and talked to Dean at his office, mostly about baseball and golf. And said, yeah, interesting project. I'll try and get a hold of this director guy. And look at his his little film, um, and then another four weeks, and it was getting. And meanwhile, the the project had is moving on, moving on, and yeah. we're getting very close to that point where, God, you want Bill Murray in your movie, but you have to cast the movie too, and there's no rushing Bill's process. You know, he's circling the airport till he's ready to sure. land. And I ended up uh, deciding to write a letter and send it to the P.O. box on, a, on, uh, on the hunch that maybe he'd pick it up and we'd have one last shot at encouraging him before we had to move on. And it took me about three days to write the letter. It was, you know, you know it's not easy writing right. a cold letter to Bill Murray. And I just basically put my heart on the page and told him why we loved him and why we thought we had a great opportunity for him. And uh, I think I was landing in Atlanta for a location scout maybe a week after I sent the letter and I turned my phone on and there was a text from Dean and he said, Bill got your letter. He's in. And, uh, and you know, another week and, you know, we'd have moved on. Uh, and of course, did you ever find out exactly what it is that made him or he just doesn't bring that up. He's just on board and, um, 
exactly the, what made him. Exactly why Bill Murray. Because, like we said, he picked your project, but he could have easily picked 500 projects. Mm -hmm. You just really don't know. And he could have starred in, you know, from the silliest things to the serious that are already for him. And he seems to be just walking away from everybody. Well, we it took us five years to get this movie financed. Mm -hmm. And... And it was a labor of love. And I was just reading something the other day where Bill talks about how he likes to jump on the on the projects that uh, that he that you know that that have a hard time. Mm -hmm. He likes the underdogs, and um, maybe that had a little something to do with it. But I think he said also that the chance to work with Bobby Duvall was was very important. Very right? important to him and. And I'm really proud of his performance. He uh, he went toe to toe and absolutely. And what kills you about Bill Murray is like there'll be a line, and you'll laugh, and then you'll say to yourself, "Why did I even laugh at that?" There's he is carrying around something uh, that is just so unique to him that while I'm watching the film, I, I don't know who else I, I could have put in that role. I think I agree. You know, uh, maybe if I never would have known at first. But if you said we lost Bill Murray, we had this other guy, it would have been the most disappointing thing yeah. I ever would have heard. No, it, it was lightning. You know, that's what movies are. Lightning striking, you know, the head of a pin twice. Mm. Um, and you had so many shots in this film, too, that was so weird. And it's one of the things, those woods there that you shot, I don't even know why they're beautiful, but it came off so beautiful and inside i felt connected like yeah what happened to woods you know the american <laughs> life when i was growing up we'd say to my parents we're going to the woods my kids yeah. have never walked through the woods in their life i don't even think i would let them but it's something that i think genetically we're connected to the american yeah. woods and it's gone i grew up i grew up with a gully in my backyard uh-huh you go down at the bottom at the edge of the river you get some indian clay and take right. it up and make sculptures out of it yeah it is kind of lost isn't it it really is, and it is a real home feeling. And the odd thing about the film is you kind of feel that way almost from the from the beginning. And uh, sometimes when some things work out well, you don't know why. But while I'm watching this film, it, it, there was just a comforting feeling with those people. Like I could have grown up there, even though, like we said, the story pl takes place in the 30s. And Duval always, well, Murray and Duval, and the kid that you have, Lu Lucas Black, they're all about pauses, too, aren't they? There's so much that happens in between lines in this film. Yeah. It, uh, one of the movies we talked a lot about uh, in the development of the screenplay was the straight story. Mm -hmm. um, and the kind of pace, the way the pace of the film and the rhythms and the tempos uh, fit the character, you know. We wanted the film itself to feel, you know, a, a bit like the character, and 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 uh, and take the time to get to know the people because it's not plot driven; it's character driven. Right. It's an old fashioned, you know. Uh, Duvall plays both the protagonist and the antagonist. There's nobody right. battling it in this movie against Felix Bush except Felix Bush, which is wonderful because you know you're giving uh, Robert Duvall the job of you know, both protagonist mm. and antagonist, and that's wonderful to watch. But to do that, you really need, you need to give him and the other actors the palette, you know, and the time to do that. Now, is that, do, can you tell the tempo as you're writing, or is it from the directing, or does it come back to editing? It's, it's, um, in a, it's, it's at every step, really. really. It starts in the writing, and uh, Charlie Mitchell, 
uh, that was one of the things he talked a lot about, you know, the idea that it's sparse and it's, and it's um, simple mm. and that we could find an elegance in, in simplicity. Um, but then the mystery that the movie's all about, unwrapping, right. uh, becomes the, the anticipation, the tension, you know, and if you could somehow make a movie about at that pace, but then feed people the mystery and the tension that you'd have something really unique. Um, so it starts in the screenplay, then it goes, you know, then it's about the performances. The actors key into that mm. in their own way and find their own rhythms inside that. And then, the, of course, the final step, editing the project. You want to make sure that the audience is getting enough information mm -hmm. um, to enjoy, you know, the picture, but also you're easing them in um, and making them comfortable and kind of squashing them down in their seats so that they really engage. And musically, you did something a little different in this film. You know, I kind of, while it was going on, I was expecting to hear kind of a southern soundtrack, but you kind of, was it because it was a 1930s film that you went in a little bit of a different direction? or? Well, there's, there's three elements to the music in the movie. There's um, Jan Kashmir's score. Mm -hmm. uh, he's probably best known for his Oscar-winning score, uh, Finding Neverland. I thought that was so beautiful, and I, I wanted a composer that could tap into the emotional part right. of the story, which I think he did wonderfully. And So that's more of a classical orchestral. We went to Poland and had a 60-piece orchestra. Um, and that's something you'd planned early on that you wanted to get him in and... Yeah, we had always intended to have a classical score because mm. it's you know we wanted it to feel like an old-fashioned movie and yeah and uh, you know score is a big part of that I think and then but then at the same time we wanted it to be contemporary we didn't want it to turn into one of those gauzy period movies right. and we wanted it to be authentic so I had found this piece of music online by accident by uh, a dobro player wonderful uh, composer and dobro player Jerry Douglas for the music underneath the funeral party, getting it ready, energy, mm -hmm. excitement. And uh, it fits so wonderfully and so exemplified the kind of contemporary but authentic southern vibe I wanted that we decided to just call Jerry Douglas up. And you know he'd put out a lot of albums where he just jams with his friends and experiments and they write music and do, you know. So I, I sensed that he had the ability to compose on the spot. And sure enough, we invited him out to L.A. for a day in the studio. And we took the scenes we wanted him, his music up against, and we just jammed mm. and and talked about ideas musically and dramatically until he came up with something that felt right, and then we laid it down into the movie. So the the, the more authentic Southern stuff you hear is Jerry Douglas's work, and the more orchestral stuff you hear is Jan Kaczmarek's work. And then thirdly... Um, we, you know, it was the 30s, and we wanted a couple of those wonderful old. Yeah. So we've got the, you know, the Four Leaf Clover and, and um, My Blue Heaven in there, just to round out the period itself. Yeah. And everything uh, that went along with it, too, it just set up uh, a feeling from first frame all the way through it. And, of course, like you said, there's so many things that we could think about. There's so few films that really bring up death as being part of life what life is about yeah. yeah and this you know this was a life that was lived he had something that uh kept him from having closure with it and that really comes down to the whole film and when i think about that it is 
a, a, a more natural story than we talk about in real life, that, that none of us would sit around and ever say, I have this one major regret. We would just keep that as hidden as he has in this film. Well, who knows? Maybe the movie... Uh, changes some minds in that regard it certainly could it is extraordinary get low uh opening in la and um new york and then you open wide in august right that's correct wide in august this is uh one of the ones that go out and see people are always saying where are the films that uh, adults can go to and sit down and be able to go out after and talk about and congratulations to you thank you and thanks for having me really great effort you're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Here is 197. You're Jizza, the genius. Right. And you're RZA, a.k.a. Bobby Digital. Yeah, you know it's hip-hop, yo. You know it's hip-hop. And you're Bill Murray. Bill Brown Hall Day Ghost. Bustin' ass, Murray. Who you gonna call? I know. Just gonna kill me. Another lecture to the shockwave central power on the motherboard, yes. Push up over low, legendary heavy glow, sunshine on the road, keep this on. Yes, the land, sun, burn, burn, bad, easy. And broadcast over raw and easy. On the road, sunshine, work it out, 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 Six six Ron Zero Fez, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Ron, uh, what weekday of some type today, Fez? Yeah, it's a Monday today. Mm. Beginning of the weekday. And um, what's the uh, big news out there? Uh, I guess the big news is Lindsay Lohan is out of prison, out of jail, and taken straight to rehab in the middle of the night. So all of that uh, that we worried about. Uh, would she hang herself in prison? Was it going to be too tough for her? Was um, she going to be able to handle it? Uh, it's all just come and gone. Yeah, yeah. She even made it through without her cigarettes. That her friends were saying she will die if she doesn't have her tobacco products. So she's off to rehab now, getting uh, treated for a meth addiction and bipolar. Hmm. That's what they've diagnosed her with. So that's 90 days there. Well, that's a good info, Fez. We've got that uh, in case we need it there in the future. And now I guess we can say, will she kill herself in rehab? Will she be able to put up with no cigarettes? Uh, any of that stuff just doesn't matter out there. Uh, according to Asylum.com, August will be Geek History Month. August 18th is the uh, awards ceremony where they're giving out awards. Uh, Hicks, is the geek st uh, stuff even still happening? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's, there's, people are now, there's now whole weekends devoted on t TV, like E3, the video game uh, convention that uh, used to be, get some heat, but now it's like a whole extravaganza. This entire channel is based around video games and fucking science fiction movies. So the geek thing is almost mainstream now. Uh, I think I'd say it is mainstream at this point. So all-time geek, who would it be? And what does it really take to be a, a geek? You like sci-fi. And fantasy, like Lord of the Rings type You like stuff. fantasy. Uh, 
And you like technology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like fucking gadgets and whatnot. Now, the thing that you're supposed to be bad at is pussy. Social interaction. And, like, fucking music and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good fucking rounding of uh, what a geek is. So, was Huey Lewis f finally true? Is it hip to be square? Are we finally at that point? I think he he uh, predicted it, yeah, with that great Well, song. let me ask you this, though. Can you be um, stupid and a geek? Or you almost still have to be a smart kid? No, I think you can be a fucking moron so still uh, be, be a geek. Yeah, no problem. So you can be an idiot. You don't have to get good grades to be a geek. Because I used to no. think that geeks were kind of smart kids. No, I mean, I knew kids in high school that just, they were just morons. They failed out, and all they cared about was anime. And playing, going to an arcade and playing, you know, whatever, Street and Fighter. And they would, yeah, but you know what? You could go to an arcade, play Street Fighter, and still be a cool kid. Then you could fucking leave there, pick up chicks, party a little bit. So I don't think video games is 100% it. Um, I had a lot of the special needs citizens in my building that always wanted to talk to me about wrestling. So, and I, I can, if you, I think if you're into wrestling, you're a geek. And that doesn't require any intelligence. Well, I don't know if I would consider wrestling geek culture, Fez. You don't think so? No, I always thought of geek culture, and maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought of it as like, um, you know, like weird science type kids. Like Bill Gates, to me, might be the all-time geek. He ain't going to be a fucking wrestling guy. Yeah, and he's above Steve Jobs, so Steve Jobs kind of like ate acid a bunch of times in the, back in the day, and he was, like, much different than fucking uh, than Gates. Um, all right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over here, Jeff in Cleveland. You're on Run a Fez. Hey, Ron, I'm sorry I have to disagree with you. I spent a lot of time in video game arcades, and at no point, if you were ever in a video game arcade, were you ever cool? Well, video game arcades, they also would have pool tables. They would also have foosball. They would also have fucking pinball machines. No, I, I fucking disagree. That well, um, I mean, that well, was always, like, youth center shit could always have fucking arcades. I think maybe that guy's thinking about, like, the grimy fucking Chinatown arcades where it's just greasy, greasy kids in a dark room playing video games. Yeah, I mean, there could be, you know, and don't get me wrong, there are certain fucking things. To, you know, just by geek, I don't know if we we mean straight out fucking loser. Um, here's uh, Jim. Jim, you're on Ronnie Fez. Ronnie, wouldn't, uh, like, wrestling and, like, you're talking about, not, not saying this because you're a wrestler, you're a loser, but... Well, on that spectrum, wouldn't that be more towards nerd than geek? Geek would be more high-tech. So, yeah, I kind of fucking think, like, a nerd or a fucking spaz right. uh, are kind of losers, where the geek may not necessarily be a loser, particularly since they can make billions of dollars at some of this stuff, start their own business. Yeah, they can be incredibly successful, whereas a spaz so, is just fucked. Now, Fez, you threw wrestling as what is a geek to you? Um, I see. I was going along the same lines of Chris Stanley of sci-fi and fantasy, and I think wrestling falls un into that category, like with comic books, where there's good guys, there's heroes and villains, and there's capes and costumes. So I threw it in with sci-fi and comic books. Threw what in? 
uh, pro wrestling. So, uh, tell me, if I said to somebody, this person's a geek, what would you expect out of them? I would expect, you know, the first thing I thought of is they collect something. Like they're, like they're into collectibles, whether it's Star Wars figures or something along that line, that they have to have some sort of collection to show off. Again, I'm going to throw that over as nerd instead of geek. I always thought of geek having to do with technology. I always thought that the geek thing really had to... Um, and I also thought that they had to be somewhat smart about these things. You know what I mean? Like, where I don't necessarily think that a nerd is smart at shit, a fucking geek definitely is. And the spaz is way out there on the not smart, uh, not smart spectrum. Where would you put yourself with all this, Fizz? Um, I'm thinking, I always thought I was a geek. You thought of yourself as a geek? Yeah, but I don't have the technology thing. I must just be a nerd. So you always say, I'm a geek. I'm Fez Watley, I'm a geek. Yeah, I would, I would have, I would have thought I was a geek only because my, my, like, my movie and entertainment interests lie, like, in sci-fi and fantasy. Very rarely, though. I mean, you only have a couple things... That you like about those. Oh, yeah. It's very specific. You still haven't seen Blade Runner. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Kevin, you're on a Fez. Kevin, we got you, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, Ronnie. Yeah. You know, I gotta agree with you. I think a nerd is someone who's uh, more focused on one area, whether it be film or comic books or wrestling, whatever it is. Where the geek's kind of just a smart, technology-based kind of person. And not one of these things we think gets a lot of uh, uh, women. No. All right. Quick question: Could a woman be a nerd or a geek? Yeah. I oh yeah. So. I definitely know women who are both nerds and geeks. Yeah, keep them away. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Andy in Cleveland. You're on Hey, guys. Um, in my definition, basically, it's all geeks, but it's the tech geeks have made the pop culture thing stay alive. That's what they liked when they were kids. In, in conjunction with the, the, the gearhead and the tech stuff, that was kind of like their work. And then the hobbies, like the, the comic book collecting, the action figure collecting, all succeeded in staying staying around because they made their millions and billions in the tech field and they could go back and buy all the stuff that they wanted, including the $300 replica of Superman's cape or the $400 uh, life-size uh, C-3PO bust. All that kind of stuff is around and available because the tech geeks have the money to buy what they love. All right. Uh, here is Lucas in Chicago. What's up, buddies? Yeah. Um, I, I was going to mention, you know, there has to be a distinction between a geek and a nerd. Um, you know, a nerd, I foresee, you know, just being somebody that's uh, incredibly book smart, spends a lot of time focused on schooling, stuff like that. Uh, a geek, maybe more into the technology, maybe video games, comics, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Now, where would we put Fez Watley? Because uh, he doesn't like technology. 
And then, of course, you also don't read books. No. You're not what you would consider book smart. Um, maybe you don't fit into either one of these things. Maybe you're not a nerd or a geek. Maybe you just have a secret. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, David, you're in fez Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what is a dork? I think that's a whale's dick. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go over here to Sean. Sean in Alabama. Hey, guys. Hey, back in the early 80s when I was a kid, the movies Revenge of the Nerds defined what a nerd is. You know, they were smart. They invented. They were some inventing motherfuckers. You know, you had the aerodynamic uh, mm -hmm. javelin. And well, I don't think we had the, the term geek back then, did we? I don't I, think so. No, I didn't. No, not geek then, because I guess that, that was with the computer age. See, came I, well, you know, from Carney talk, a geek was a guy who would bring in fucking stuff through a kind of a freak act. A guy who bought chi bit the fucking heads off of chickens was a fucking sideshow geek. Something that they would come and look at. So terms change all the time. John, Alabama, you're in Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Sound like a million bucks a day. Fez, Thanks. I love you. But you, I think you might be more of a dork. Now, what exactly is a dork? Someone who doesn't really have really high-quality social skills, doesn't have a whole lot of friends and a lot of going on, he just kind of keeps themselves. Hmm. So their interest really doesn't matter in your definition. It's just how they handle themselves socially. Yes. Um, let's go over here to John. Philly, you're on running fence. Hey, um, Tarantino and, uh, and uh, Kevin Smith are sort of like uh, film geeks. Not really nerdy, but geeks. Now, what makes each of them a film geek? Uh, just from listening to some of your, uh, your interviews with them, I mean, they get really in-depth or really... 100% input, which might geek someone out if they're See, just... See, I don't think... I would not... I would think that maybe uh, Kevin Smith is a little more of a pop culture and even comic book geek. I don't think he knows near about, uh, uh, as much about film as he does some of the other things. You'll never hear of, like, um, Scorsese and Tarantino talk about little scenes and obscure fucking films and go way out there with it. But the odd thing is, would anybody call Scorsese a geek? I don't think so. No. But they would call, let's say, George Lucas one. Yes. Yeah. But he's also, I think, uh, what's the right way to say that? He's more into the technology of film anyway. R who is? Lucas. I think you might be surprised there. I think him and Scorsese are very fucking close to that, on that level. It's that Scorsese just comes off as cool. I'll give you this. You think James Cameron is a geek? I, I would say yes. I don't know. I don't think he carries himself that way. What do you think, Hicks? No, if, uh, Cameron is just like a ballsy dude. Like he, he, just, right. he just makes these crazy, ridiculous movies and learns the stuff because he, he wants to make a crazy scene or whatever. He's yeah, just, I don't uh, know if you can be barrel-chested and a fucking geek. No, not at all. I think it, all, it has to do a lot to how you can fucking handle yourself. Um, and it's almost like, in, in the case of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's, they get it on appearance as much as anything. Um, Eric Baltimore, you're on my Fez. Hey, Ron, I was just going to say, I think Fez is more of a dweeb than a nerd or a dork. Hmm. Now, what would make him a dweeb? Just a, 
I think the lettuce wrap thing and the wrestling and uh, not being too uh, sociable kind of thing. Wouldn't that just be being a dick? That that would be being a dick as well. All right, so you might be dweeb. Um, let's go to Jim in Savannah. You're on Fez. Ronnie, wouldn't Fez kind of more fall into the weirdo group? So there's some people that believe that he is a weirdo. But normally for a weirdo, it's somebody that you don't know. So if you don't know Fez, like he was walking around the hall with the the fucking thing on his head that time, people used to think of him as a weirdo. But once you get to know him, I think you might find him to be more of a dork or even a dweeb. Uh, Vinny, Jersey, you're Yo. on Fez. Yeah. What's up, guys? I think the terminology also is uh, fanboy. There's a Star Wars fanboys. Video game fanboys. They use people use that a lot now. I too. actually despise the term fanboy. Out of <laughs> all these fucking things, it really annoys me because I think it might be the, the truest that these people are trying to stay children. Um Dave, Marilyn, you're on Fez. Hey buddies. Yeah. Hey hey Ronnie. A, a dork is a very introverted individual, which I think Fez is, if you agree. I uh, you know, just the way his demeanor, the way he, his social interactions, his social skills, all that just piles up. I'm but sorry, man. Here's that's the thing that, that's weird about Fez. He used to have all those things years ago. None of those things about Fez, um, any of those things that you used to describe Fez, we wouldn't have described them as, as 10, 15 years ago. And um, I don't know which is worse, a dork or a dweeb. Well, it isn't a matter of worse. It's just where you go. Who says any of these things are, you know, there's a pecking order. They just start what they are. Um, here is Alex Sherman of Fez. Oh, Fez said it himself. He's definitely a spaz. You think you're a spaz, Fez? I think I have spaz moments. When we played the St. Patrick's Day drinking show last Friday... I think when I drank, I was probably. I think that's a spaz. I think a spaz has fits. I agree with you, Fez. That's what made me think of it. Wow, I didn't even think of it that way. Um, let's go over here, James. James and Austin, you're on Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. What about the hierarchy of the, like the guy said before, the antisocial nature, where you have like a dork will act like a dork and do goofy shit and not really care, a nerd. I have the glasses and, and whatnot, and then you get into the geeks, tend to be more antisocial to the fact that they don't really want to be seen or heard. See, I don't think a geek is antisocial because they'll be the first on the technology. Yeah, but that's not for social reasons. That's more about their relationship to the computer. Like, I'm not sure if geeks are fans of things. I When I think of a geek, I think of a guy who's like in his own garage, making his own shit. He might not have good social skills, but he's, like, brilliantly fucking focused on the technology. You know, like a fucking guitar engineer would be the fucking mm -hmm. geek, you know? Engineers might be fucking geeks. I don't think that a geek necessarily goes around following every fucking craze like i don't know if a geek would be writing on message boards
But a geek might be like, hey, this fucking computer is fucking cool. Let's find out all the things we can do with it. And maybe like a couple of things even the company doesn't know we can do with it. Um, let's go over here to uh, Tom. Tom, you're on the Ron Fez show. What's up? Uh, Fez likes Bruce Lance, lettuce wraps, and wrestling. Doesn't that make him a faggot? All right, uh, let's not lay into Fez today because he hasn't had the best day today. You have had an off day. I've had a really off day. And again. we got into this conversation about you thought you were a geek? Yeah. Because you like wrestling. Yeah, because I like wrestling. You know, I enjoyed the Star Wars films, you know, the original three, uh, the, the Superman and Batman. Dark Knight movie over and over again. I thought that was geek-type stuff. Well, again, when it comes to technology, you know anything about it? Zero. Zero on technology. Do you have any uh, liking for it? No. Um, let's go over here to Kurt. Kurt, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, I just got to say, I believe, Fez, he may be one of any one of these things, but Weirdo's got to be one of them. He's the only guy I've ever known of that collects his own piss and toenails. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> the other thing I think with Geek is aren't you supposed to be really brilliant in at least one fucking thing? Like have a gigantic amount of knowledge about something? Yeah, you probably should have a specialty. Do you have any of those? Um... No, I mean, I used to know everything about wrestling, but that kind of, that fell out of my head. Well, you got beat on that many, many times on this show. Yeah. Um, Ziggy, you're on Runa Fez. Ziggy, once, twice. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, I think the geek thing's a physical thing, too, man. Uh, usually the geek is like the 90-pound weakling that gets the sand kicked in his face at the beach. Is that a geek or a nerd? Yeah, that could be nerd, too, I guess. Um, here's Jim. Jim, you're on a Fez. Hey, Fez, I love you, buddy. I don't think you're any of those things. I think you're just a tool. See you. Joe, you're on a Fez. Hey, hello, Ronnie. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, I think Fez falls into one of three categories. Rump Wrangler, Colin Cowboy, or BB Deviant. Hmm. John, you're on a Fez. He seems yeah, to know hey, them all. Hey, buddy. You know, I originally had a having an off day. I didn't. I don't think I want to insult him. But, but, Ronnie, you're a, you're a carny from way back. Isn't a geek technically a guy that bites the heads off of chickens? Yeah, technically it would be the sideshow stuff, and that got you know pulled yeah. out of there. Obviously, you can't even do any sideshow uh, work anymore. Um, let's go over here to Rob. Rob, you're on Runafest. Hey, Fezzy, why do you think you're a dork? Why do you call yourself a dork? I don't understand that. No, I call myself a geek. Who cares? With uh, spaz tendencies. I don't know if I'm a dork. What would a dork be? A dork... I don't know if a dork knows that he's being a dork. I think I know when I screw up, when I when I cause an uncomfortable moment, I think I realize it. I don't know if an actual dork does. So you think dorks cause uncomfortable moments? Yeah, I think socially awkward, but don't realize it. Mm. Uh, Michelle, you're on Run of Fez. Hi, Fez. 
just wanted to let you know for liking Star Wars, et cetera, you are not a dork or geek. Well, all those things, you know, Fez brings them up, but he hasn't brought up one thing that isn't incredibly mass appeal. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like saying, I have a strange hobby. I like the Beatles, you know? Star Wars and Batman are gigantic mass appeal things. As a matter of fact, I doubt that there's even another human being that you would be able to tell about either one of those things. That everybody on the planet has heard of both. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's why um, when the guy brought up that geek, uh, it was brought up that geeks have a specialty. I don't think I have a specialty. Ralph in Delaware. Ronnie, what about some international flair? How about a stunad? Okay, he's just like a fucking stunad wherever he goes. That's it. And that's that's the juch or stunad, you know. Mm. Uh, Jack, Jersey, you're on Renefez. Hey, what is the term getting geeked out when you do too much blow come from? Um, I'm, we're not going to get into the blow thing right now. Blow doesn't fucking care, count for any of this stuff. Uh, here's Larry. Larry in Texas, you're on Renefez. Yeah, the true definition between a geek and a nerd, I think, is, uh, when you look at a true nerd, it's going to be like your Bill Gates, your Steve Jobs, your uh, George Lucas, going and getting themselves in depth in a project to the point where you know you're just immersed in Windows, you're immersed in uh, writing hundreds and hundreds of books about Star Wars. Whereas your geek is the kid who's got no pigment because he just sits inside, stares at a computer screen all day long, or he's got his gut hanging out of his costume at Comic Con. Eight six six run zero fuzz. Eight six six run zero fuzz. Paul, you're on a fuzz. Hey, Ronnie, I'm just curious, uh, off the air, if uh, if you guys ever sit around or if Fez ever mentions the fact that he gets to meet these incredible people on a weekly basis and how I, I would be so uh, blessed that I get to kind of meet these these uh, special people. And it just never seems to really kind of phase him. He's just kind of back to his own thing. Well, <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of interest in, in what a lot of these folks do. It's crazy. Um, out of all the people you've met on the show, who were you most thrilled to meet, Fez? Um, Bob Newhart. I think that was the most exciting. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Droopy, you're on run fez Yeah, I'd say uh, Fez is more of a parasite, really. He latches onto a host and slowly sucks the life out of him. Eight six six run zero fez, eight six six run zero fez. Wait, am I the host? I think that's what he was saying. Growing weak, must scrape off fez. Uh, let's go over to Casey. Casey, you're on run a fez. Hey, what's up? Well, yeah. Fuzzy doesn't fit in any of these categories. He's his own category. He's fatty pneumonia. Uh, you don't seem to have a category that would work for you, Fuzz. No, I don't fit into any of them, either comfortably or specifically. I'm just kind of floating from category to category. So I don't, I'm not sure where I land there. Yeah, it looks like you feel sad about that. No, I guess it's not a bad thing. 
I guess I, I guess it's not a bad thing if I can say no, I'm not a dweeb or a dork. Um, here's Mark here, manifest. Says you're not a dweeb or a dork. What you are is a doofus because a doofus possesses some form of stupidity. The other ones have some form of intelligence. See ya. Uh, Nick, you're on a fez. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I want to know, isn't a geek uh, someone who prefers anal sex regardless of whose anus it is? Hmm. I'm not sure about that. Uh, did you watch Entourage? What a big deal they made out of anal last night? Actually, yeah, I did. It's the only episode I've seen in like three years. But yeah, I saw it last night. I was I couldn't believe what I was watching. What the fuck? <laughs> Fucking E is coming off like more and more of a puss. He's a huge pussy. Jeez, after that episode, what the fuck? They're all getting fucked up on that tequila. And yeah, here's the thing is uh, Vince, he's riding a motorcycle. He's with a fucking um, porn chick. Sasha Gray. And he's drinking tequila. He's a mess! All day long, he's chugging tequila. <laughs> uh, Dino, Florida here on Renefest. Hey, Ronnie, would uh, Fest fall more under the lunatic category? Mm. Well, I've got time in a mental institution. That may be on there, too. Uh, Jerry here on Renefest. Hello? Jerry, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, hello? Yeah, what do you got? Oh, uh, geeks are, are usually intelligent, and they can be good-looking, and they kind of got confidence, and nerds are, are a spastic mess, and they're usually ugly and not too smart. All right, so a geek, we're going for technical and actually pretty together. Everything is pretty together about them, except for social ability. None of these people we think do well with chicks, right? No. Just too awkward. Now, can you be a black geek? Can you be a black nerd? Yeah, of course, yeah. Hell yeah. I think Earl's, uh, Earl talks about his like, nephew or whatever. He's constantly watching anime. That's a fucking black nerd for you. That kid's fucking hysterical. That kid also likes fucking NASCAR. Yeah, it's a nerd. And drawing. Uh, Dennis Hoboken, you're a manifest. Yeah, when I've uh, described the show to people in the past, I've, I've always used the word nut to describe Fez. So you just say there's a nut on the air? Yeah, Fez is a nut. Boy, it would be interesting just to have people describe our shows to us and see what they come off. Because I always hear from salespeople that are going, we're having a tough time describing what you guys do. How would you put yourself? I go, I wouldn't fucking dare. I go, if I had to sit around and try to figure out what we are, I'd fucking kill myself. Archie, P.A., you're on a Fez. Uh, yeah, I think Fez, because he doesn't fit into a category, he fits into the category of a misfit. It's fucking crazy, though, because Friday was such a great day for him. Friday is the day to remember. Uh, Tony, Vermont, you're on Renefest. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Good. I think Fezzy's more of a loner than anything. I think he keeps everything inside and doesn't really seek help. He tries to do everything himself. Am I wrong? 
I would say you're wrong. I think uh, I put more things on the outside than I probably should. What do you yeah. put on the outside? Like the outside of your pants, you mean? No, I mean like uh, talking about anxiety or panic or crying jags or something. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's being a loner. Well, don't you tell us that you're always lonely? Yeah, yeah, I'm lonely, but I don't know. I think a loner wants to be alone. I don't think a loner is lonely. Huh? I think a loner so, is just alone. So you, you don't want to be alone? Yeah, I don't want to be alone. Now, let me ask you this. The other day, Mikey Boy comes over. Uh-huh. It was a Friday, and he goes, hey, Fez, you want to hang out? Right. So me and the girls leave, and they're all happy. They're like, Fez has got someone to hang out with. This is so great. Everybody was, like, saying to me. So we went off to have a meal, and they're like, this is so great. you know where they're going? And I'm like, no, I don't know where they're going. This is so cool. I'm so happy. I get a call maybe an hour later from Fez uh, wanting to drop something off with me. You had already stopped your hangout time with, with uh, Mikey Boy. Everyone thought you were going to be out painting the town that night. Oh, no, it was just lunch. Why don't you go out and have drinks? Liquid lunch. Why don't you keep it going? I had my little addiction to take care of. I had to be on $100dreams.com doing an auction. See, that's a fucking thing. You had a chance to go out and do something different. We were all excited for you. But then you went back to your house and we were alone. Yeah, I didn't think I could have met up with him later, too. I probably could have gotten it all done. I just don't think. What's he mean, Hicks? I guess go play $100 Dreams and call up Mikey Boy and hang. Why not just blow off all $100 Dreams? It was only because I told people I was going to be on there. Well, you're being truthful and honest. I appreciate that. You're being upfront, but we all thought you were going to go out and have a big fun night out in New York City. You haven't done that in a long time. All right, that is it. The Skeeter and the Fire Cat. I'm Ronnie B. We're back in here tomorrow. Get it going again. Tomorrow night, Cupcake Wars, Molly's, the Boom Boom Mylene is playing. And it is exciting. This is the tits on the line. Uh, that's the end of my show, dog. Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Things like that drive me out of my mind. it for a little while I love to watch things on TV
Bye.